I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. Wakanda forever! Welcome, Internets, to Views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in the multiverse, powered by four owners, where we discuss everything in the MCU from the perspective of people of color. And you are joined by your first host, Tatiana Key, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the coldest winter soldier ever, a.k.a. Baptin Ameriba, joined by my lovely co-host... Ah, uh, yes, it's your boy, <laughs> DJ Ben I mean, a.k.a. John Walk It Out. Hey, the Walk It Out. A.k.a. Walk it out. A pimp named Sam Wilson. Okay. <laughs> a.k.a. Off-White Panther. I'm so mad. Y'all, Ben I mean said this a few minutes ago, and I was pissed. because like, why didn't I come up with that myself? That shit goes so hard. Congratulations, Ben. Thank you very much. Thank you very I'm, much. I'm actually very jealous right now. It's taking everything in me not to scream, but <laughs> good job. All fight, Panther. Here we go. <laughs> that said, welcome back, y'all. We're back with more views from the 616 to talk everything about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're back with our episode two review. Episode two is titled The Star Spangled Man. And we're going to get you started right into the basic plot of the show. We are back with Black Falcon and the White Panther, or as you may know them as, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as Sam and Bucky try to get over their differences in order to come together and see what's happening. We catch back up with Enfys Nest and the Flag Smashers, who are, on, who are on the move as the past isn't just haunting our dynamic duo, but pretty much everyone on the show. Speaking of the past, we're going to check in with the black, black cap before our heroes realize the key to everything is diving into the world and finding Zemo. Hmm. All right. All right. Very good. Now, as usual, this is directed by Kari Skoglin, who has done an incredible job thus far. When we talk mm -hmm. about framing and intention, she has got it all. Thank you to you. And also, this show has been created by and a showrun by Malcolm Spellman. Spellman, rather. Mm -hmm. Shouts to you as well. And we are going to get right into the themes of the episode. Got to do the, 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 I guess, the power. <laughs> what was that, this? <laughs> that, was, that was me, like, you know, the blast from the themes of the episode hitting me in the face. Uh, the, and also, y'all hey, should yo. be watching us right now because you will see all the foolishness that we're doing. Make sure you're hitting us up, twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Word yes. Up. Say it again, you know, before we get all Twitch.tv slash for all nerds, where you can see us live and in living color, doing all sorts of foolishness and having a good time. And I'm telling you that when you see the facial expressions combined with what we're saying, it hits even harder. It slaps even more. Mm -hmm. Plus, make sure you catch us every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We might need to change that, though, just because we're having some mm -hmm. conflict with uh, our illustrious friend Dallas Penn because they're doing a clubhouse at 1 p.m., and I want everybody in on this, so we're going to figure that out. But right now, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, every Monday, be there. The chat is popping. Thank you all for everyone joining us, twitch.tv slash for all nerds. And, you know, if you're already yeah. here, hey. Hey, 
I actually I like our time slot. I like our time slot. We're you like the time slot? We gonna keep it there? We holding down that one for now. Okay, we'll see what's up. All right, we'll see what's up. Okay, that'll work. So the first theme that we're gonna dive into regarding episode two of the Falcon, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is mirrors. Mm. Also, inverses. Whenever you look into a mirror, you're actually seeing the inverse of yourself. Yes, it's all you. It's similar. It's, it's your reflection, but it's also kind of reversed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your right is your left. Your left is your right. Yep. Um, and also black and white, and and we'll and and that's also very literal, but also in figurative manner. So we're gonna mm. explain all of that. Yes. So specifically, there is heavy mirroring of experiences and behaviors between John Walker, Sam Wilson, Bucky Barnes. They all mirror Steve Rogers slash Captain America in many different ways. And in, in, in essence, they also contain pieces of Steve's spirit. To me, they represent different facets of his personality, of how he moved in life, and why all of them have, as, as I said, little pieces of Captain America within them. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I fully agree there. And also, it's I think it's because all of them are trying to reconcile their image of they have with Steve versus the reality of Steve. And then also the idea of reconciling the idea of living up to Steve, right? Yes. But also what the reality of living up to Steve means. You know, like every single one of them wants to honor his legacy, but... How they go about doing it, you know, is personal to each of their own experiences. Right. And and funny enough, that reminds me of this. And we're going to talk through this later as well. But mm-hmm. one of the lines that John Walker says where he's like, I didn't know him, but he was like a brother to me. And mm. that's a line a lot of people say, like, particularly like when celebrities die, mm. pass on. They say, well, I didn't know them, but they were part of my life. They were part of my family. They were this. They were that. And sometimes that's all good. Sometimes people who are family members are very like, that's cute, but you don't really know them. Mm. And that idea that technically is really only Sam and Bucky who had that lived experience with Steve, who can really say, yo, I know this man. I, I got this man. John never really fucked, not, excuse me, never really worked with him, but he feels his essence. And I think it's also, like you said, that celebrity thing, because- John, when the Avengers appeared in New York, I think John was in college. Like, I think they say his second year of college. He was in West Point. Yep. So this is somewhere, you know, he grew up with the university, you know, West Point University. Mm -hmm. So he's actually growing up with these people. And, you know, if you're in the military already at West Point and Captain America comes back, this dude who in this world is a historical figure, you know what I mean? Like, I remember everybody in this world knows him as this man who did the damn thing in World War II, vanished into the ice, and then why, when you're in high school, college, suddenly he's back <laughs> leading the forces against, you know, an alien invasion. <laughs> like, that's why I, I, I think, like, I think this episode starts to illustrate it, but how really ridiculous the Marvel Universe is, and this is what we were talking about on our wow. WandaVision reviews, Yeah, for, like, the normal person. You know, there is, like... We bugged out, you know, recipes everyone involved, but, you know, we bugged out over 9-11. That is nothing compared to Loki's attack on New York. Like, there is, you know, the amount of death and destruction that caused in that attack 
It's like hundreds of times the amount of, you know, what happened. You're just saying like just physically, the physical difference between the two and how wild Plus, I mean, there were flying dragons, you know what I mean? Yes, like, imagine yes. you just walking down, yes. you know, 40 seconds, and this portal <laughs> opens up and dragons pour out. Like, your brain snaps, you know what I mean? Right, you, that's like, true. How do you process that? Yeah, how I mean, do you it, process? I mean, I mean, I mean tragedy, real life human tragedy is bad enough yes. and, 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 and incomparable, but also when you, if that were to happen in real life, <laughs> yes. dragons flying like, out the sky. Now? I get you. I get you. Yeah. Heard. So that's what I'm saying. So this, this episode just barely starts to get into that, you know, but I think that's a lot of what it is. Like, especially when they talk about the big three and all that, like this is... Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of wild stuff for so somebody like John Walker. Captain America is more than a celebrity. You know yeah. what I mean? He is everything you could imagine. He's the guy who helped stop the aliens. You know, but then he might also be the guy who betrayed all your, you know, hopes and dreams when he oh. went against the government. You know, you got to remember, like, this, this is, is true. a dude, dude who, you know, represents everything to you. And John Walker is definitely a man who would assign the Sokovia Accord. Ooh, well, yes. I mean, I'm in agreement with that. I don't I, I'm in agreement that. with that too. Like I said, you know, we we gonna talk. You know, I, I'm I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely dad. Da- I'm definitely team John sides. Walker right now. We're on opposite sides of this situation. Yes. Um, but that being said, with John Walker, and when we talk about mirrors and inverses as a theme. His ascent to Captain America is very Steve Rogers-like. Mm-hmm. If you all recall or even go on YouTube right now, watch the first Avengers. There's the specific, particularly the scene when Steve was pretty much in the beginning of that understanding that mantle. He had to learn that whole star-spangled man, uh, USO performance situation where he goes all around the country doing propaganda. Yes. And it's to show the might of the U.S. and we got this and we got that. You should buy war bonds and all that. Like, mm-hmm. all of that idea of kissing babies and shaking hands and signing autographs and also being this tool of propaganda and patriotism yep. is the same lane that John Walker is now going down. Mm-hmm. In essence, like, like, like all the corny shit you have to do also goes in hand with all the war shit you have to do. Yeah. And the, the war shit is funded by the corny shit. Because I even, and that's what's so interesting about this in the MCU, we're seeing things that happen in real life. Like, even going back to the war in Iraq, when Desert Storm first happened, you can look it up. There are trading cards. What? I mean, yes, there are baseball like trading cards with, you know, Reagan, Bush, you know, probably Saddam, all this type, you know, all the tanks they were using, all the planes they were using for kids to hype kids up because. You know, as we have seen, this has been an endless war in the Middle East now. So you have to hype kids up to join the army. And that's something we didn't really talk about last week. And it's something we have to, you know, get into. And I should have really put this into the actual show run. But that's okay. Is the MCU a military propaganda tool? Not in the actual universe. I mean, in our lives. IRL. Yes, in real real life. life. Yes. Is the MCU, and my answer is yes. Wow. And a strong yes. And this is something that I've talked about before. Like, they make you love the feds. They make you love the military might of America in different ways. While I, I, criticizing I do, I do love it, Jimmy Woo. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. They, they will Jimmy criticize Woo. it, and they will. it's always the thing of these one or two bad apples. You know, it's always Hydra infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. Not S.H.I.E.L.D. is probably a, a disgusting, terrible organization, you know? 
because not and that that see and that's also it it's goes like, to both sides, right? Because you, yeah. as, as we are in America, we want to be protected and stuff, but we also know that America has a history of imperialism. You know, going beyond protecting and conquering. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's so, all historical. Yeah, so that's what, you know, like you said, you love Jimmy Woo. We love Captain Marvel. Recently, Captain Marvel started doing promotions with Northrop uh, Gunman, whatever that company is. Northrop Gunman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's basically the defense. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of other different things, but but, but you can yeah, also that's where they the get their money at. You know, yeah. it's like Tony Stark does a lot of different things, but at one point he got his money making bombs and missiles, arms dealers. So. Yeah, Ugh. right. You know what I mean? You you are not you're not wrong, Ben. I mean, yeah. I, I would say you're not wrong. Would I sit here and call call the whole of Marvel like this 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 war machine, if you will? Ah. Uh, I, mean, I don't you got a character named War Machine, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but but that's absolutely something to think about. So that's yep. that's really in- important that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Also, just in terms of what I've mentioned about having to do the corny shit, the shaking hands, the kissing babies, this also reminds me of those PSAs that Captain America did in Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Like that's and and all of that comes along with the territory, and that's what John's man's Lamar tries to tell him, like. All of that goes hand in hand. Like John tries to say, oh, I just want to get out there and do the job. And Lamar is like, bro, this is the job. All of this is part of what is to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. You are, yeah, you can on the on the very bottom rung of things, you can say you're a hero that does X, Y, Z. However, you're also a symbol. You are also, as I keep using this term tool, but you also are a tool of the state. You represent certain ideals and approaches to the world. And whether for, for good and bad too. So whatever people feel about America, that's probably the the vibes you're giving off as well. Mm. At least at least when you're Captain America. Yeah, I loved the PSAs and Spider-Man Homecoming. Those are hilarious. But especially when the coach, I mean the PE teacher is like, pretty sure this guy's a war criminal, but I gotta show you these anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because at that point, you know, Captain America was a war criminal. Like I said, when he probably broke John Walker's heart was when he was off, you know, on the run for two years, which they also talk about in this episode. Right. And yep. also because Captain America is in essence himself propaganda, his image is, imagery rather is used as propaganda. You see that Cap is back U.S. Army poster <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Once With it, the actual U.S. Army logo on Like the you real know, logo. Our, yes, it's our real logo. Everywhere. Yeah. And and also that's product placement. But that's everywhere. Uh, propaganda. <laughs> I, hey, I, we're not making this up, y'all. It's right there. So <laughs> Just in case people say, oh, you're reaching. No, it's right there. No, it's right uh, there. Uh, and also in terms of when we look at the mirror of who John is versus Steve is, you also can see it right in their the way they dress, the way they present themselves, right into their Captain America suit. Mm. We have seen over the years how Steve Rogers' suit has progressed over time, especially when you start with that very classic comic book costume with the little white wings, mm-hmm. very aggressively patriotic. Yep. And John's uh, very excuse me. Let me let me finish with his very aggressively patriotic. But then at least in the MCU, as time goes on, it, it becomes. Well, well, um, what's the other word for decolored? It, it's not as saturated mm-hmm. in color, in the red, white, and blue. It's more desaturated. It's more tactical than anything. It, it, it starts trending towards black almost. And besides the actual patriotic, like stripes and that one star, you don't have any really. To me, I don't see any um, anything identifying as America. You have A's, but those really represent Avenger. 
Whereas mm. you see John's costume, again, it's not as aggressively, at least it's not like a pin, it's not, it's not an Uncle Sam pant wearing type costume. However, it does have those, those, the colors of the US has the red, white, and blue. And it also has that new star. It's like a star and an A mm-hmm. to more so represent America. Yep. And to me, that A, and 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 I'm I just kept staring at it. That A looked like the the Hamilton logo to me, number one. So I was just like, damn, this is wild commercialized. Mm. And also, could and, and Ben I mean trying to say maybe because I don't like the man's, the costume was giving me big uh Confederate States of America vibes, just in terms of and, and I'm not talking about the Confederate flag with the mm-hmm. with the, the X. I'm talking about the old it's a, y'all gotta look it up. It's a old look up Confederate States of America. And that flag is is three lines, three stripes. It's red, white, and red. It's uh the blue square and then a circle of stars, you know, yes. the white stars. And when you just look at it next to the costume, next to John's costume, it looks pretty fucking similar. Oh. But okay. it could just be uh, coincidental. I get it. It's yes. just that's just the vibe it gave me. In in defense of John Walker's costume, it's pretty much a note for note recreation of the suit that Captain America Steve Rogers first wore when he turned in his suit to the government. The suit and the shield. He gives it up in the comments, mm-hmm. which leads them to recruit John Walker to be it. So while John Walker's being Captain America, Captain America starts going around in a black, red, and white suit with mm-hmm. that cut-off flag, just like we see, yes. and calling himself the Captain, and saying that people wouldn't know who the fuck he was, which was hilarious <laughs> to a very young Ben Hameen, because wait, I'm like, Wait, he's trying to say like some Clark Kent shit? Like, yeah, I, I got mean, glasses on, they're not going to recognize me? Like, man. Yeah. Like, fam, you are, you got the same suit on, it's just black. Like I can you see you, yeah. Drax. I can see you. You're yeah. right there. Yeah, you're <laughs> right there eating chips. Yeah, no. Even as a young kid, I was like, "Word, mm-hmm. I," right. you All know. Right. But the suit was fire, so I went along with it. And then when Cap got his suit back and his shield back later on, John Walker took the suit and became U.S. agent. So yes, I don't really think it's Confederate vibe. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes, I see it clear as day. That is yeah. just a recreation of an old like. Yes. First of all, there's multiple Captain America suits. I get it, I get it. Yes, but yes. I don't like that man. So he could sit with the Confederate States. Okay. Wow. <laughs> um, let me. Let, let, but th- this does go back to saying that, like we were talking about how the whole military propaganda and how people think we're reaching things, right? But this is something I've always talked about, like even on with social media and stuff, when people retweet things that are like. Let's say last week everyone was retweeting Meghan McCain to diss on her, right? Right. But what I always don't tell people is like people who are following you have different views than you do. Oh, yeah. You, know, you have tons of people who are following you just to see what you talk about. Yeah. So those people, you're just helping them re- see more people like that. You're like, oh, okay. You're exposing mm-hmm. them to their mm-hmm. audience, to their target audience, or to those who are on the fence. Yeah. And I think it's important to learn to recognize the difference between someone trying to make a point and someone just trolling. Like Yes. And like, I I, think- like, 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 that's why I was very clear. Like, the whole Confederate stuff, like, I know it's just me being, acting like mm-hmm. that because I don't like the guy. Like, yeah. I, I'm not making a, uh, a, you know, encyclopedia of MCU entry. Like, I'm just, I don't no, like but, the man, so I'm trolling. But my, point of, <laughs> but my point of that is, I know you are trolling, but my point of that is, it's also that, like, when we think of the MCU, we think of it as being a very liberal show, you know, mm. universe, everything, which it might be. There's a but, lot that people are in there that not. 
And there's a lot of fans of it that are not. Correct. You know, there are just as many conservative fans of, you know, the U of the MCU as there are liberal fans, whatever. Or whatever dumbass term you want to apply to yourself. I <laughs> it don't matter. Because I've seen that too. I mean, we're just a tangent real quick, but I've seen people getting like, oh, liberals are whack. You know, I'm just like, I don't care, you know, what you call yourself, fan, but you know what I'm talking about. Correct. And Correct. there are fans of that who, people who are going to see John Walker, even if he veers all the way, you know, to ways where we're like, oh, he's evil. There could be people who would be like, nah, you know, he's got the right mentality. Oh, like how you feel about your man, Wayward Hayward. Once again, because... <laughs> it, I don't know. I'm not trying to pick a fight. If you live in... Like, I just... I, no, I, no, 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 for Westview is so low. <laughs> is at an all-time low. The okay. game. Okay, okay. We're not talking about WandaVision. I'm sorry. I just... Man. I just saw the, the opportunity. Empathy for Westview... I had to you know take my shot. Mean? I had to take my shot. But yeah. but yes, back to this theme of of, of mirroring again when we're talking about We gotta talk about, about this theme song. We gotta talk about yes, that. Yes, when we're talking about John Walker. And just also we we see a lot of mirror images throughout the episode with him when um <laughs> you call him the fake cap. When the fake cap picks up Bucky and Sam when they're walking along the road, they pick him up in that little Jeep. They're sitting in a mirror image of each other. And mm-hmm. that actually repeats throughout the episode where there's where Bucky and Sam versus John and Lamar are standing in opposite or mirrored to them to try to show that they are on opposing viewpoints, they're opposing approaches, they are similar but different. A mirror. Mm-hmm. And you want to about... mention the the song. Yes, the yes. drumline version of Star Spangled Man. Yes. From for those remember, like we talked about earlier, when the uh, in Captain America: First Avenger, when the promo scene starts, when the propaganda scene starts, there's this song. The uh, is it? Uh, it's the Star Spangled Man, man. Mm-hmm. man with the plan, basically, and yeah. it's talking about Cap. You know, telling his story about how he don't punch out Hitler mm-hmm. and some other stuff. Um, you said there's some questionable lyrics in the song. Oh, there's some. If you so, first of all, if you go to YouTube and okay. look up that specific scene, it mm-hmm. gives you all the lyrics in the comments in the in Uh-oh. the excuse me the description bar. And one line was to the effect of um, he'll put the noose on evil or something like that. Yikes! Yeah, like dead ass. <laughs> and I was like, oh, now obviously this is on purpose, right? I, I, the, the writers, I, I hope yeah. the writers of the writers of that scene or whatever, were very smart and they knew that there were a lot of connotations. And and when you think about it, like. The anthem, was it the anthem or is it, what is it that that the full, um, the American anthem? Which one is it? Is it the anthem or the the other one? What's the other one called? Like there's America the Beautiful, there's the anthem, and there's something else. But anyway, this, yeah. one of those songs, actually, if you listen to the whole song, all the lyrics, it has wild racist shit in it. Yes. Yeah. Talk about slaves and everything. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's and, and the only reason why I brought that up is to express how the Star Spangled Man song follows similar motifs where yep. it's supposed to be this patriotic rah rah sis type stuff, but it also has some wild stuff that they're saying in the song that could be taken some different types of ways. Yes. Yes. And so now with the introduction of John Walker, we have this drumline version straight up H-U. You know? You know, it looked like they was out there in the blue and white, which hurts my feelings. <laughs> But it could have been, you know, Wait, fun- with the funky. I mean, you, you, you heard the ta, 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 ta. When it was coming in. In like, the beginning? Right, yeah, right yeah. away. You was like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> it, was very you H- knew. it was very HBCU-like, very Battle yes. of the Bands-like mm-hmm. in terms of the, the intro and in terms of the styling of oh, the Nick song. Nick Cannon was going to come out there for a second. <laughs> now, mirror that with the original Star Spangled Man song from the first Avenger. Yep. 
and it's literally seasoned versus unseasoned. And again, I, it felt like that to me, but I also, in real life, it's also because it's a contrast. It's a contrast mm-hmm. to time. It's a contrast to the audience. Yep. That, that It's a contrast to the, the quote-unquote uh, fictional creators who made these songs and uh, who are composing these songs about what their intention is, right? So like, just like there's different music styles and art styles and clothing styles, same approach. Mm-hmm. But it really was season versus unseason for me. Yes, and it's definitely that. And like I think we talked about this off-air last week. But even in the really quick scene of John walking down the steps last week and waving to the crowd, mm-hmm. you see a black woman in the audience screaming with joy, you know? <laughs> and so you can already see that they are appealing to a multicultural audience. And in this introduction, even though it takes place on Good Morning America, probably one of still, you know, the whitest Midwest, you know, bid, you know, appeal to everybody shows out there. The audience where, you know, and even though it's at George Custer High School, right, which we'll get into later yeah. on. But as we see, this is a big ass high school. This is one of them Southern high schools. Yeah. Like the kind I grew up in where football's God and they can have a big giant field for a high school. Right. Right. So we have all of that going on. Crowd, you know. All kind of brown, you know, right. every color up in there. And I knew you were going to say that, which brings up this point. You have to remember, because this is a TV broadcast, a lot of this mm-hmm. is staged. Meaning, yep. they purposely put people where they want them yep. to be. They purposely mm-hmm. make things look a certain way. Obviously, when you're talking about a drum line, everything's super choreographed yep. and precise. It reminds me of when you see presidential elections and they're going on the road. The people you see behind them, they were put there Mm -hmm. they weren't they didn't just find the seat and was was and was having kiki having a good time like someone on the on the committee or whomever those people are called they they pull them and say you black man you sit there and you racially ambiguous man you sit there and you woman you sit there because they're trying to give off a message now that also begs the question right because the george Custer high school comes from the comma books that's where john is from all that you know, we know, all know who George Custer was, the man who failed, tried to, you know, get it up against the Indian, the Native Americans that got murked out, you know, led his people to a horrible end. The because, Lakota murked his dumb ass. Yeah, because his dumb ass, you know, didn't, you know, fucked around and found out, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of, one of the originators of fucking around and finding out. But also that begs the question, this takes place in the South, like, right? the high school is probably going to be black. Absolutely. You know I mean? Even at a school named George Custer, it's going to be a nothing but black kids especially there. Especially at a school named especially George Custer. Let's, let's be real, right? Let's be real, right? So especially. So this might be their band. might be their whole thing. They're all happy to see, you know, the white boy quarterback, you know, who they love. You know what I mean? My <laughs> well, man's probably... Those people look grown. The, the, the band look well. Some of the people in the band look a bit grown, but but who knows? Like I, I said, mean, that's Hollywood. You know, we that's never Hollywood. Know. And the yeah. whole point, the whole point is, yes, it could be absolutely people from that place, but also it's also highly choreographed, mm-hmm. highly staged. It's yeah. on TV. Yes, and this is definitely. about the coming out of hey, it's Captain America, y'all. Like this is y'all this can is, be down this with is his them time. too. Yeah. Yes. So come on. Yep. Look it's behind. everybody. We you know that's what I mean. That's what's so ill about this scene because it's like they're definitely selling. This white bread, perhaps, as you say, Southern good old boy, you know, John Walker, to a multicultural audience. Yeah. While before, they were selling Steve Rogers to the white people. Like, look, you know, this guy's for us. And that's, you know, even though he might not be, it's like mirror images, once again. Even though John Walker might, you know, it definitely probably ain't for these people who they're selling him to. Mm -hmm. And Steve wasn't for the people they were selling him to, but, you know. That's who they sold them to. Notice the common denominator, sell. Sell, 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 yeah. sell. Capitalism. 
America. <laughs> Lamar and Battlestar. So Lamar slash Battlestar. When he's talking to John in the locker room, that conversation for me mirrored the conversation Rhodey had with Sam in that museum regarding the Captain America mantle. Mm. When Lamar is trying to explain that the suit comes with expectations and it's it's interesting because John is, at least outwardly, John is on a side where he absolutely wants this mantle. Like he's not trying to replace Steve. He's just trying to push that legacy forward. And Lamar is just expressing to him that there's other parts to it that you have to understand. Whereas on the, on the inverse, you have Rhodey talking to Sam who seems to not want it. He's very Jon Snow about it. I don't want it. And he's and 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 Rhodey's just like, what what is your thinking process on this? And and you have to understand like all of the stuff that you're maybe nervous about comes just comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, does not like I, I mean he says it best later on when Bucky tries to, you know, come at him about it, but he's like, you know, y'all yeah. you and Steve will never understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, because you're white. Yeah. In a comical reference to oh, white, oh, white. This you say like a, Stewie. This is all white. white. Cool whip. <laughs> yeah, say like Stewie. Yeah. In a comical reference to <laughs> the mirror theme, I wanted to note Bucky, particularly when he jumps out of the plane and towards when he when he joins Sam on that mission, he jumps out of the plane without a parachute because Taurus is like it's only two hundred feet. He does it very similarly to how Cap did it in the Winter Soldier film in that mm-hmm. opening scene of Winter Soldier. When they're first rescuing hostages from our friend Batrick or Batrock, um, the only difference is though Cap was very smooth with his because as we, <laughs> but as Batric. we as we see with Bucky, I really don't care. But as we see with Bucky, he's not smooth whatsoever. He he, I, I don't know what his plan was. He was just he was just he was just tight, and he was just like I'm just gonna do what I want to do. He didn't have no plan, and mm-hmm. it's kind of indicative of how he's been moving through life thus far. He don't really have a plan. He's just jumping. Just jumping at it, just just whatever can whatever comes will come. And also, Sam mentions it how like you just use brute force, like you're just instead of being more tactical about it, you're just going right at it. Mm-hmm. And also that scene, shout out to the jumping out of the plane. It it's from Winter Soldier, which took it from the Ultimates. When there's a scene when Cap is leading a bunch of soldiers into war in World War II with Bucky on the plane with him and. They're all like, this guy's going to get us all killed. This is a suicide mission. We're behind enemy lines. You know, the plane's getting shot up as they're flying in. All this. They're like, we're mm-hmm. doomed. And then Cap just straight jumps out. Right. You know, no. And <laughs> no they're all like, thought. yo, what? This guy left us? And he's like, nah. He went, you know, Bucky's like, he wants to get a heads up. And he's like, no parachute? He's like, he parachutes are for punks. You know what I mean? Uh, it's also, out. parachutes are also not needed when you're a super soldier. There it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it kind of it's even real. It's just two hundred feet. It's just yeah. two hundred feet off the ground. I'll, I'll make it. Yeah. You know, nah. what's, a, what's a little tumble in the forest? I'm still good. Yeah. Any of us would have splatted. Yeah. Yeah. We see, and when we come to Sam, how he mirrors Captain America, just in his approach to life. As I mentioned, he Sam essentially chides Bucky just for just being so aggressive and 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 just being so brute force whereas sam is like yo back up let's use the tools let's use red wing let's use all of the supplementary things we have to make an informed decision just like when when bucky was just gonna run up in there and bucky's like there's only two people and and sam's like hold up there's actually more and Mm -hmm. let's go about this the right way very similar to how cat like even though cat may do things like as you mentioned to just get the just get ahead of things he also thinks very smartly very strategic and he's also can be very covert that uh, once again that that 
first the uh, the Winter Soldier movie, he was still kind of being covert when he jumped onto that boat. And really, for different reasons, uh, Sam recognizes he has to move differently from everyone else. Yes, literally, because this is a secret mission, you got to be careful, but also because of who he is and, and how he has to approach life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And finally, in the mirror inverse theme, I got to ask this question. Uh, does, at least in the MCU, does, does every white person have a black partner? What's, what's is this my imagination or what's going on? Give me on? back my roadie. Oh God! It's always that last line. It's always that last line, right? It's always Give that me last back line. my roadie. Oh Jesus! Ooh. who's that? Is that Josh Whedon? Ooh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I will mean to kick a man when he down, but that damn boy. <laughs> wait, is that? Is, wait, no, 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 it's not. That's the that's We're the not. Russos. No, that's that's the mother. Yeah, that's the dudes who write for the Russos. Oh. Yeah. Oh, can't even blame Josh. Oh, okay. hurts. Did me bad, my roadie. Yeah. When the examples of every <laughs> and these examples of every white person and almost every white person having a black partner, you see John Walker and or or the new Captain America and Battlestar, and of course you see Sam and Bucky. Now in this case, the inverse is happening, right? Yep. Sam is the leader and Bucky is will essentially be his partner, but it's still it's still. What's I don't going really on? think so. I think they're both about the same. They, you know, they this are. Is, this but is a buddy cop with them. And, this is definitely. But I'm and just when saying. when they leave each other, they're going to be, you know, they're not. He ain't going to be his Bucky. Clearly. You know I mean? Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> However, in the He's, context of the example. Yes. 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 Uh, and, and, and I actually mentioned that. Just the contrast of how these people will team up with each other or won't. Yeah. Again, as and, and that's the next point that I was going to make, actually, what you just said about the fact that Sam and Bucky, they are not going to do the dynamic duel type of thing. Yeah. If anything, it will be buddy cop where you have a contentious relationship with the other, mm-hmm. but you at the end of the day, you really do love them. Mm-hmm. And you see that, again, happen during that therapy scene with Sam and Bucky, which was hilarious. And I'm glad that it's so funny because everyone laughed at that that real quick clip when they saw the trailer because their legs were intertwined and they were like, are they at couples therapy? They actually were in couples therapy. And once again, seeing the mirror of each other, the way they stared at each other and try to figure out what is going on in that man's mind. What is he thinking? Why is he aggravating me? Shit like that. I mean, when they had to position their legs to make sure they were, you know, intertwined was, (laughs) I thought it was funny and cute. So I, 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 I need them to put, I mean, we need to slow that down and put like that. Oh you know, my some R&B music over. Some smooth Somebody. dance yeah. and R&B music on it. Yes. Well, <laughs> when, to, and when again, they're sliding to, the chairs together. Again, to me, it was just indicative that they have a real relationship, whether they like it or not. And regardless of how they may feel in the moment, they clearly love each other and care for each other as as friends and as colleagues and as family. Like, like how how else would you be able to get that close to somebody? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not fucking with somebody, you're not sitting that close to them period so they there is a true relationship there but clearly they have, they're having some problems so that's why they're in therapy you also see this as i mentioned the, the, the whole black partner white person thing when you see sam and steve um mm-hmm. steve rogers and sam himself um i thought it was funny john walker and his wife his wife olivia walker mm, john walker and sam wilson they're inverses of each other but they also have their own similarities again mirrors of they're both mirrors of captain america but they go about life a little bit differently mm. yep and then you also have uh bucky and john like you said yeah yeah it's it's 
it's a lot and it just kept repeating itself over and over again that's why she's like is this my imagination or what but i i, I think it's actually real <laughs> and that's also uh well two things there first john walker and his wife don't get too attached to olivia folks because um john has a lot of trauma in his life in the comic books and since we have not seen his parents yet i worry for olivia um also oh yeah also <laughs> oh wait okay george R. R. martin why'd you say that like oh shit Maybe. she gonna die she not gonna be here no um, what yeah well look like i said are, are you the, guessing this are, I'm, I'm saying I'm, are you are you being is, encyclo- are you being an encyclopedia right now or you're just saying i'm speculating right now because you're speculating okay in the comic books what drives john walker over the edge is the murder of his parents okay by various forces okay so um yeah okay. I, you know i don't know you know i'm like we just seen her like why don't you tell me that okay body bags um and also the line that you pointed out right there that was really big to me was when lamar says to john that you can't just punch your way out of problems anymore Mm -hmm. that is a big hint to the character of the man that we're talking to right here you know did john always punch his way out of problems like yes before john is the sokovia accords also in that same conversation they drop another big hint Two weeks ago, we were pulling covert ops, right? Like, these guys are grimy. That's some, some calm stuff. Like, they, yeah, these are some murderers. Stuff. Yeah, these are some killers of the killers. Yeah. So, you know, right away, like, I, I and I, that's one thing I really like because I felt like, you know, as much as I defended Hayward on the last one, I felt like his character was written like it was, there were no shades of gray. You know, it was straight mm. up, this man is an evil monster, even though he was the most logical character for most of the series. But they just had to make you think of him as evil. But I really love, and I said this last week, I was really hoping they'd do this, and I really love how they're approaching the character of John Walker so far. Absolutely. Like, from the gate, you get all that greatness. Because in the comics, it was the same thing. Like, he starts off as this boastful dude who's like, yo, I got it. You know, I could be Cap. And then when they're like, yo, you want to be Cap? And the first time he puts on the suit and the shield, he's like, yo, I'm not ready. And tries to show the, throw the shield and almost knocks his own head off. He's like, how does this dude do this? You know, and he has to train and train and train to even be close to Cap. And even then he realizes he'll never be Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. So I really love to see that we're already getting that from the very gate. That this guy, you know, realizes it's not just about the super soldier serum. It's something else that mm-hmm. makes Steve, Steve. Because as we see with the Flag Smashers, which I believe they're on some version of that serum, anybody mm-hmm. could be a super soldier. Yeah, but that still doesn't make them Steve. And like, you know, he gets that question where Bucky asked him, have you ever jumped on a grenade? And Steve did that before he had mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. He, he did that before. He, like, he knew he could die. Yes. I mean, his thought was he would die. Yeah. You know, he would jump on this grenade and that would be To it. save his, his comrades. Yep. And while he's like, I jumped on it, but I, you know, I had a helmet, you know, it's a whole thing, my, my, man, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, he's such it's a like cloud chaser. I don't yeah. like this man. I don't. See, I like him, but that's the thing, because it's a calculated risk for him at that point. But I like the character of John Walker, because it's showing, like, he wants to do the right thing. You know, he idolizes this man, Steve Rogers. He's trying to do the right thing throughout the episode. He is really like, yo, you know, he comes in to help these people. He's like, yo, let's team up. You know, yo, I've always, he just, you know, he, okay, this is what I think of him is like, I think his biggest character flaw is that he's a white dude who has all these natural gifts and stuff. 
So everything has always come easy to him. Like I said, he's mm-hmm. a you know high school quarterback, probably the star. You know, probably at the black school, probably had a black girlfriend. You know, he clearly I mean? had like, a black girlfriend. That's his wife, because his girlfriend, right? his wife Olivia says, "Oh, I used to come and visit you into the locker room." They See, were they were is. dating so, since high school. That's what I'm saying. So this dude is like at the black school. You know, the <laughs> white boy, the man. You know, things have always like, come on, you play football with black kids and you still popping. You know, you popping, right? So he was probably the star athlete there. You know, went to West Point, right? Boom, he's popping there. Everything is always, it's not been given to him because he's had to work hard. MIT has studied his body. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not that it's been given. He's not one of these mediocre dudes where it's just been given to him just because he's white. He's had to work harder, but it's also, he's naturally gifted. He's naturally gifted, right? Yeah, so he's, though he's nice. But then, you know, of course, you got, it's like LeBron, you know, he's naturally gifted, but he's still got to work hard to be the best ever, right? So this dude works hard because he wants to be cap. You know, he sees cap. You know, a superhuman, something he knows he can't be, but he's striving to be. Mm-hmm. So this dude is trying to do the right thing, but at the same time, it just might be the character flaw is that he has never had those losses. Right. You know what I mean? He's never been teach humility. You know, things like that haven't really come into his life yet. So when people push back at him, like when you see Falcon be like, nah, we got this. He's like, what? You know what I mean? What? Nobody ever told me no. Nah! You know? And so I think that might be the problem we see coming up later. Absolutely. But as far as a character, I think he's very dope. I think he's a very, you know, they're doing even more. Like John Walker in the comments was nuanced, but I think they're even adding more layers to him, and it's really dope to see. So I'm just, you know, I I'm agree. Team, I agree I'm that team he's John a, Walker out right now. I I agree that he's a layered, nuanced character. I also so that last line. It's agree. always the last line. Right? I also agree that I don't like the niggas. So moving yeah, on. I feel you. You know, I feel you. But, you <laughs> moving know, on. I'm team John Walker out. The next theme we wanted because grumpy old men, the two grumpy old men, you know, they got more issues than this dude does. Let's, you know, let's be clear. You know, the next theme clear. we're gonna go into is the Star Spangled Man. Also, mm-hmm. the theme of identity keeps creeping up again. Yep. And I want to use this to talk right now specifically about Isaiah Bradley mm. because this is a huge, huge character just in general. It's also a character that we've talked about throughout for all nerds from the podcast. We've even, I believe, mentioned him during WandaVision at one point. But the point is, this is a huge character that I, after learning about him, after meeting you, Ben, learning about him, and realizing that he, he's been nowhere to be found for the most part, at least in, in my modern times, until relatively recently. And the same thing, the same mirror is happening as you see in the MCU, as you are seeing in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Isaiah was a super soldier. He was one of the he was one of the he was this group of black super soldiers that were basically experimented on um, because the government wanted more of that, more super soldiers like Steve Rogers. And when Bucky revealed this man, he went to Baltimore, Maryland, which has so many implications of why they went to Baltimore. In the comics, Isaiah's from New York. Mm-hmm. I think he's from Harlem or he lives yep. in Harlem. But yeah, the Baltimore, the Baltimore connection has there's a lot there. But rightfully so, Sam is pissed when he learns about Isaiah because, especially because he's black and the fact that Bucky kept the info from everyone, including Captain America, Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. But um, John Walker knows about it. John Walker, oh! John Walker mentions to Bucky the legacy of that, vi- of that not virus, that serum is a little questionable. He says something along those lines. Oh, he did say that. I thought he was just being, mm -mm. saying because, because obviously Bucky went, went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So that's what he was saying. Also, who else? John's gonna know all this. This is all like government knowledge. Mm. You know what I mean? 
John's trying to know this stuff and he's going to be told it or he's going to have studied it. That's the thing. It's like Falcon just like, even in the comments, it's like a lot of people know about Isaiah Bradley, but it's more usually the black people, which is why yeah. Falcon might be a little distressed. But he's also young. You know, it's a lot of different things to go into it, but he does feel like Bucky should have told him about it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in the comments, you know, since we're talking about Isaiah Bradley real quick, um, Isaiah Bradley comes from a miniseries called Truth, Red, White, and Black, which is written by Robert Morales mm-hmm. with art by Kyle Baker. It's currently out of print. Hopefully Marvel brings it back into print right now because it is stupid expensive to get yourself a copy because it hasn't been in print for a long time. And this, uh, the MCU version pretty much mirrors the comics version. Uh, they said in the MCU that Isaiah was in prison for 30, 30 years, years, while in the comics it was 17. But what happens is after uh, Dr. Erkstein, who we saw in First Avenger and in the comics, same origin, he gets murdered right after Cap gets the serum. So Cap is the only super soldier when they were supposed to be creating an army of these dudes. Right. So, of course, the government keeps going, keeps trying. It's even mentioned in the Avengers that, um, and the Hulk is, in the MCU at least, is a version of Bruce was trying to create the, recreate the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. But he used it with Gamma. And um, what's his name? The S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who gets murked in uh, Coulson mm-hmm. tells Cap that multiple people have been trying to recreate the super soldier serum. Mm -hmm. So it might've been a lot of people who led to the creation of Isaiah. And of course we see, you know, Bucky has a version of the super soldier serum in himself. But anyway, Isaiah is one of 300 black men who get not even volunteered. It's horrible. The, how they are basically forced into this experiment Mm -hmm. where all but 10 of them die off, you know, Mm -hmm. out of 310 survive with, a version of the serum inside of them. They are used to go on various missions, you know, where they're fighting Nazis, fighting Hydra, fighting everyone, fighting America's enemies, mm-hmm. but never known as, you know, their families are told they died in various ways and they go off on these missions until all but three of them are killed. They end up killing each other in a wild incident. And Isaiah is the only one who survives. Isaiah goes on a mission, which is supposed to be a suicide mission, because he was supposed to meet up. It was supposed to be the three of them along with Steve. I see. Yeah, Steve gets tied up still in the Pacific. And so Isaiah has to go on this mission by himself. It's supposed to be a suicide mission at that point. But he destroys this um, German Nazi facility where they are doing all kind of horrible experiments on human beings. Completely destroys it. But... In doing so, he puts on Captain America's uniform. You know, he was like, nah, F that. I'm Cap. I'm going in as Captain America. That's his right. Yeah, if I'm going to die for this country, I'm going to, you know, at least represent it as I go out. So he succeeds in the mission, comes back to the U.S., and gets promptly thrown in jail for stealing the Captain America uniform, where he stays for 17 years. The super soldier serum corrupts his mind, reducing him to that of, like, a little boy by the time he finally gets out. So his wife, right. you know, gets him out and he's reduced to this. So to think after everything you've done yeah, in service of your country and countrymen, you get locked up for some petty shit. Because you stole the uniform. Now, everyone can sit there and we always said, well, it's, the uniform represents something. But what yeah. are you trying to say by saying that Isaiah Bradley can't represent America? 
And I'd only heard of True Friend and White. I've read like excerpts from it and stuff, and I knew the general story. But it was this week that I just I read it online because, like I say, it's so expensive to get. So I read it online, and oh my god, it's heartbreaking on so many levels. The mm. writing, the art is just beautiful. You know, if it's on, I'm not sure if it's on Comicsology or anything like that, but check it out. You know, however you can get a copy of it, please do. And hopefully, Marvel puts it back in print right now. Because it is just, it's right. it, it's just so and, good. And doesn't this sound familiar? Doesn't mm. it sound familiar? I, I know I know veterans in general get it yes. the worst. Also, black veterans. Like, mm-hmm. to think, especially when I'm thinking about, I mean, it's still happening today, but when I'm thinking about, like, during Jim Crow times and all that stuff, when you, you're going across seas, you're going overseas to do what you, whatever it is you need to do, you get back and you're still being called the N-word. Yeah, and that happens. And you to still have no rights. You have less rights over here than you than you did when you you know you're fighting for this country and all this other stuff. And that and I see how those those parallels that they put into Isaiah Bradley's story, and also just that idea of him being him and black people really just being used for experimentation, and also being used in 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 essence to become these innovators and trailblazers, but then either ignored, disrespected, or cast aside. Mm. Look at how they did. They did Isaiah Bradley dirty. And also, go, ahead, go ahead. Also, no, I'll just say while we were talking about Isaiah, the person who meant, who opens the door and lets Sam and him into the house is Eli Bradley. Yeah, his grandson, mm-hmm. who uh, becomes a character known as the Patriot in Young Avengers. So we yep. now have, like we were talking about before, since we talked about One Division, we have Wiccan and Speed. We have Kate Bishop coming up in the Hawkeye series, and we have. Eli Bradley showing up in, you know, this. Right, right. And apparently he he inherits his super soldier serum through his blood. No. That's a little shaky. I know. A little shaky. That's what he tells them. But in fact, he's uh, juicing and using this. Oh, he's juicing. Okay. Yeah, he's using a like uh, human growth hormone, like the mutant growth hormone type version of it to gain powers. Similar to his dad, but, but then I then I know in the comics he gets something happens to him where he gets sick or gets hurt or something, and he yes. ends up getting a blood transfusion from Isaiah. Yes, and that's how it ends up imbuing his system or his actual yeah. self with yeah the powers of a super soldier. Okay, and as we see when Isaiah gets Buck in this episode and throws that thing into the wall, which lodges into the wall. I thought it was he, like a Domino's, like a yeah, container. a gold case, something, yeah. some type of case. You know, maybe tobacco case. I don't know what, but. My man slammed that into the wall, and Eli sees it and knows that his grandson, I mean, grandfather, yeah. has power. Yeah, it's not a surprise. Like, no. he, he's because meaning he's seen his his grandfather flip out. Assuming, if, assuming, if, if assuming this is Eli, he sees. Oh, it's Eli. It's, he's listening oh, it's 100% to the credits. Oh, 100% Eli? Okay. 100%. Listen Eli, to the sees, Eli sees this. He's he's used to it because apparently this this happens all the time and all that. And that's mm-hmm. also, also why he's like, yo, mans don't want to see you right now. Like, he's trying to keep the peace and keep his grandfather at least happy. As And I, again, I don't even know how old Isaiah really is, at least in the show, and if he's going to continue. Because he's an old man presenting, but is he still going to live on for, for quite some more time? That's the, okay. Someone already asked us this because they were like, "Why does Isaiah seem so old versus uh, Bucky?" What if how old Cap would be? Because Bucky and them was on ice. Yes, Bucky and Cap were both on ice, and that's why Isaiah has been living. So even though right. he might live longer than a normal human being, he is definitely going to show the effects. And he definitely point. ages. Like you see, Cap age when he decided to go live his life. He he yes. became an old man too. And Cap at that point probably lived like two hundred years because he'd already right. lived the time that we've seen him live, and then he went back and lived another. 
you know, how, how right. you know, who knows? He might have gone on all kinds of time travel adventures. Right. We don't know. So Isaiah expressing how the government treated him when he came back, the fact that they threw him in jail, that they experimented on him, both the government and Hydra, because he said you, you, your people when he was talking to Bucky and Bucky explained mm-hmm. that he met Hydra. So yeah. all types of folks were fucking with him. And put that in stark contrast to the treatment of Bucky, right? As another super soldier, and even Captain America, we want to take it that far, but specifically between Bucky. Bucky got a whole fucking pardon for a good reason, but he gets therapy, some fruit snacks, and he's told to go about his life. Whereas you have Isaiah, and yes, it was in a different situation, but this is still a man that's fighting for the right of this country, of the people to live, and he comes back and gets thrown in jail. Yeah, well, you know what that means. Yeah. One of them is a white. <laughs> white? Are we going to do this? Are we doing this, Stewie? White. That quote, I want to just mention again. Mm. This quote, or maybe the first time, I'm not sure if I said this earlier, but this quote that Isaiah says to Bucky, he says, well, he kind of saying it to both of them, right? Both Bucky and Sam. Straight up. You think you can wake up one day and decide who you want to be? Maybe it works for folks like you. And he's looking at Bucky and he says that last part. But, but the reaction but shot. But the reaction shot shows that he's, it really applies to both of them. Yes. The reaction shot is Sam like, oh, damn, he right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And did you want to go into that about who yeah, he's because, speaking to? But he's like, he's speaking directly to Bucky because Bucky is like, I'm not a killer anymore. And he's like, Negro, please, you're still a killer. Like, you know, you <laughs> was a killer then, you were a killer now, you know. <laughs> I see your arm. I, I think, I'm pretty sure you killed some people recently. Wasn't you just... Spinning a raccoon around, shooting up some aliens in you know Wakanda five minutes Not ago. Not a raccoon. Okay. He was. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he he was doing the you know like I said on Twitter, he was doing the uh, gun butt version of Frozen. Like my man spinning around, you're like let it go, you know oh all kind God. of guns going off. Yes, but <laughs> I'm like, let me slow down right there. Yeah, yeah, relax. <laughs> so so anyway, he's speaking to Bucky and he's saying that Bucky is a killer still. But as we see by the direction, we cut to Sam reacting like, oh, because Sam is realizing that he's talking to him. I can't just, he knows it. It's not even that he's talking to him. He already knows this. I can't just wake up one day and decide to be Cap. I'm black. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It don't work like that for me. You know, it's not like that. Lots of times we don't have that luxury, right? There's, no. there's, a, few, there's a few hurdles in the way mm-hmm. to be able to have that luxury. And I love how Bucky was saying that, you know, the folks like you and Sam's like, oh, he didn't mean it like that. He's like, no, right, no, no. Right, right, right. It's interesting because Bucky, because it's just, and I'm going to talk about Bucky later, but the way Bucky determines the true nature of what people say. So at least some white people, if, if, if someone said that to them, they would just automatically think, oh, because you're saying that because I'm white. Listen, nigga, we saying that because you're white. But Bucky mm-hmm. doesn't think that at all. He's like, no, he actually means the part that I, because I'm Hydra. And... Sam thought the other way. Sam, th- Sam thought Isaiah was saying that because he's white. So then with Bucky expressing that, this, this whole like, this mirror image of, of what, of just messages itself of what people are trying to tell you also plays a part in how people just move in this series. Yeah, and that's interesting because then later on, Bucky is just a, yet another clueless fight. Well, five minutes before this even, Bucky was right. a clueless fight it, man. Which is, I have to question that, that approach, but... Mm. yeah. It doesn't make quite sense, but again, we'll get into that. But also, you know, it does make a lot of sense because white people and people in general, general can be, you know, but, see things in one way yeah. and then be completely blind to other instances. It irritates me because it's just like, in one hand, you on the one hand, you have sense, and on the other hand, you're saying some dumb. Look, Bucky shit. just got woke five minutes ago. You know what I mean? 
Like this is a man from the 1940s who has been murdering people for but 60 how, but years. But how uh, he's been awakened, right? And and how long? De- like, deprogrammed. How long? Right. But I'm asking you, how long has like, it been since he's been deprogrammed? Like five minutes, dog. Like you can't say remember, five minutes. How long? For real? No, for real. Okay, think about it. Winter Soldier happens, right? Okay. Uh, they go on the road for two years, as they say. Okay. He's in Wakanda sleep. For most of those two years. Facts. He's recovering. You know? Yep. Then they wake him up. They start, you know, deprogramming him. Yeah. So. That's another part. Bucky got to go to Wakanda. He got to do. He got to man. have. He got to fucking sit there and He got just, to come out of that hut glistening, boy. I mean, for him, it's finna be a breeze. And you then, know, I'll be, be watching that scene, you know, because we, I, <sighs> last week I talked about what was in the hut. I just want to say, I seriously doubt Bucky could dress himself with one arm. He would get over it. He's fine. He No, I'm just saying. There was somebody else stop, in the hut. Stop, stop. We're not talking about this hut you, situation. You keep, he don't have a keep denying the white wolf. <laughs> My man was being called the white wolf. Because you know he was I mean? a loner like No, a the wolf. kids knew. No, no, no. The wolf, the wolf was ahead of a pack. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf was a hound. Oh, <laughs> oh god. A dog, as they say. Atomic even. Why must he be like that? <laughs> when speaking on when speaking on the theme of identity and also <laughs> and also that understanding of, of who this star spangled man is, what Captain America is, we gotta reflect again on John Walker. And we we covered a lot of him already, where we where essentially we explain he's he's generally the bit of an overachiever. Mm-hmm. He's doing all this without having the super soldier abilities. Yo, my man was slanging that shield, dog. Like, okay, now that this, this that was one... wild to me. I was like, he could do that, but then Sam does it in the pre in the trailer. So I'm like, but yeah, I guess you can. In the in the preview for the trailer, when Sam slings the shield, he gets stuck in the tree. While when this man's slinging the shield, it's bouncing off of things, right? But it's and bouncing. Then... But I don't think it being stuck means anything. It's it's uh, it. I... it I disagree. Okay. I, I think it might be a little subliminal here, right? Really? Because, well, all right, now people are going to say I'm reaching here, but Isaiah throws something and it gets stuck. Sam throws something and it gets stuck. The oh. white boy throws something and bounces because the black man it goes through. Stuck. It goes through. Really? Are you and really? bounces. You yes, sound like Dr. Men, Umar. <laughs> hey, listen, the black man the gets black stuck. The black man gets stuck. In the imagery of being Captain America, of what comes with being Cap, the pain and the agony. While Teflon Don, John Walker, and Steve Rogers over here, it's just, ha-ha, you know what I mean? All good and well. I'm just saying. And and another thing I want to say is that John threw that shield up under Bucky way too smooth when he gets knocked off the thing. He threw it under Lamar. Lamar. I do not believe... That um that he was able to would have been able to save Lamar like that. I just think that John might already have powers. Mm. Well, and, and that's questionable. I don't know if he does, especially and, and okay, we don't know. But there's two ways that this could go, and I'll we'll and, get into that if we get and, into our theories. And the here. only reason why I'm saying we don't know, especially because this hasn't officially been revealed, but it's also because the way again, thank you to the director, the way those shots were framed for me. During that scene, that fight on the trucks, I can see John not struggling, but yes. putting effort into it. True. Captain America could throw himself up with a two with his pinky finger Man. off the edge of a of a of a moving truck trailer. So, but John also John had to try. On, he jumps down from a helicopter onto the truck. Yeah, while so what? Battlestar had to swing down. Battlestar didn't have to swing that. Battlestar chose to because he used that momentum to kick another person off the truck. Okay, all right. 
And then it weren't that high. My whole point is that my, my only point. That's I'm still to a make, tough move. The only point before Ben Amin says that's the black man's plight. They gotta swing in. Like before you start no, saying I'm not all saying that, that. I'm just saying he ain't got no. Problem. No, I know. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing with you. But no, my only point is that I just felt like at least the way that the scenes were framed, it seemed mm-hmm. like John had to put in actual effort. Like yeah. yes, it, he he's he's an exceptional human in general, and he's a bit stronger than a lot of people. But I don't think quite super soldier yet. Yep. That could I could I could I just didn't feel it. But to your point, it, he could he might be a well he might be playing Jack Jack off of off of the Incredibles where he's acting like he's not that strong, but he really is. Who knows? I don't. know. I had to think about that. Yeah, now, little boy Jack Jack. Since we since we're talking about this truck scene, which first of all fire, oh my god, fire! Like the action once again. The the show is on point with this action. I rewatched that drink several times, but there's it's a really lot good, of, yeah, really great like. Bucky sliding down the side, my man trying to stomp him off, and then Falcon coming through with the save and grabbing Buck like that. Oh, that shit was so sweet. But there's been a lot of pushback online of John Walker pulling out the gat and busting. I I want to add to that. I didn't okay. like that vibe. Okay. Something, so, and, and I get it. He's a soldier. That just mm-hmm. makes sense. He's not a super soldier, so he has to rely on conventional puny man weapons like a gun. Um, I get it. But it didn't feel right to me. Okay. In Captain America First Avenger, while he's at war, he is busting away. Because that's Rodgers. in the beginning. That's in the uh, beginning. Uh, 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 in the Avengers, when um, <laughs> Hydra invades the helicarrier, Cap grabs one of their guns and busts them down. He busts them. With the gat. Go watch it. Shoots with the... Cap, with the looks looks like the AR-15. It like, looks like he about to be a mass shooter out here. You know what I mean? Like, Cap, white Cap, man with a gun. Gotta worry about him. I don't recall Cap pulling out the Draco, but okay. Uh, he got the Draco in Avengers. And, okay, then uh, what, what really kills me about this is the weird morality, right? Super Soldier Cap is seen kicking people into turbines. They he, kicks, it. he kicks another man <laughs> off the helicarrier, they which is one of it. my that's one of my favorites is when he kicks this dude and the dude goes, ah, and they're flying away from the helicarrier. Like yeah. it's so good. But yeah. he murders people in all so. kind of inventive ways, you know, and he's a super soldier. So it's like an unfair fight already. So the gun, is it unfair when, especially yes. if you're fighting, if you're fighting aliens, is it really unfair? No, aliens but sometimes he's technology? not fighting aliens. Yeah, he's sometimes fighting he's mad fighting, dudes. Sometimes he's fighting a regular nigga, but so he what? He kicked a dude into this turbine. He he asked for it. I'm going to defend him. I'm just, and I know what you're saying. You're saying that it, it's cloudy morality because yeah, every like Cap is doing this, but no one says nothing about it. But John does it, and it's a yeah, problem. Yeah, John pulls out a gun. But you know like, why? Because I don't like that nigga. John. I know, I it know, I know. There, there is a lot of hate towards John, and you know, it's a lot of heat coming up off that couch right now. And you know, I'm here to defend. You know, team walk it out. Oh here. God, here we go again, yo. Yep. Look, look, look. <sighs> it was up, up until the last line of the show. I was all the way team walk it out. And then I was like, oh, my God, these writers, <laughs> what are but, they but doing? It's on purpose, but it, it's on purpose, but I get it. I yeah, know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. goofy. Yeah. Oh. It, John Walker, just his, when it comes to his identity and his personality, he, which is also a contrast to Bucky and Sam. Bucky and Sam still seem to be, at least now, especially now at post-blip, and, and Sam at first not wanting to take the mantle. They're still trying to find themselves. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to find their place in the world. Whereas John, even though he's, he's building up to this legacy, he still seems to know who he is. Like, he knows he's his own man. He, he knows he's done the work. He even says as much. He wants to, he, he, he fervently wants to be Captain America the Mantle. 
And he also said that he's not here to replace Steve. And at least initially he respects Steve's legacy. And he's trying to be his own version of things. But also in my head, and also it, this is also derived a bit from the comments, is he in some ways jealous? Is Does he feel that he's better than Steve? Is he trying to live up to a certain hype? I think so. I think he. I don't think he feels like he's better than Steve, especially in the MCU. In the okay. comics, yes. But even that, I felt like in the comics, it's bluster. You know, it's a lot okay. of like he feels like he's better than Steve until he realizes what Steve was doing, and then like in the comics, like I said, as soon as he got on the shield to shoot, he was like, "Oh my God, I'll never be this dude." You know, yeah. it was like an immediate reaction. And I think our John in the MCU, at least, is still trying to find himself as well. I think yes. all these characters are trying to find themselves, and yes. John is trying to find. Like, can he live up to this? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's reaching and flailing. You know, he's reaching out for help throughout this episode. He's like, yo, you know, we can be better together. And he doesn't know how to talk to people. Like I say, he's, but that, you know, it's, it was, once again, it's these white people who are blind in one way, you know, wide awake in one way and then blind in another. Because when he says these last lines, like, oh, you ain't nothing but a side kid to Sam, you know, it's like, damn. But five minutes before that, you know, he's shown that Lamar, he thinks of Lamar as his equal. You know, they work together. He's down with them. So it's not Does like Does he think he's... of Lamar as his equal? How I you, think how, so. How did you come up with that? Like, how, I, maybe you just have to feel that. How do you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, they do a fist bump. So My what? Like, so what? You do a fist bump with your sidekick all the time. Like, that don't mean nothing. No, man. They, they practice that out. You know, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James don't do the intricate handshakes with every player. You know what I mean? Like, no. That's intricate. I mean, it, look, for that white man, it was, you know, that was, <laughs> look, you know what I mean? Stop it. Don't act like that comes easy, you know what I mean? Stop it, Wanda. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I don't, I do not think that John is, you know, looks at Lamar less than him. He's married to a black woman, you know what I mean? I'm not, and, and so far, oh, John. Oh, that don't mean nothing. Let's No, leave okay, so let's, I know, but let's stop it there. So far, John has not shown those things. Okay, that's, to me. that's fine, but I'm yes. just saying, let's not equate being married to a black person, meaning True you indeed. understand or even care about the black experience. That True means indeed. absolutely nothing. But so far, John has not shown those tendencies. And since we mentioned it, can we just talk about that last line? Because, like I say, I felt like <laughs> John was so good, you know, throughout this episode, they, you know, so nuanced. And then. It wasn't even that he tells them, stay out of my way, which, you know, I understand. It's how he delivers the line, how the music kicks in, you know, because if he just like, all right, then, you know, maybe I'll, you know, you know, we'll stay out of each other's way then, you know, keep it moving. You then, know, even before he said that line, I just felt a very sinister energy coming from John. Really? Why I don't like, I, I feel energies of people and I understand people's like, oh, this is a TV show, it's fictional. If something ain't right. If something ain't clean in the milk. I'm telling you, there's something just strange. Sinister about this guy. Too. I, no, I feel that energy. I don't like trust I said, him. I feel the energy of a white man who's had everything handed to him. You know, that's the energy I keep getting from John. Like, where he, even though, like, not handed in, like I said, where he didn't have to work hard, but where things just keep happening for him and he's never had that pushback. I definitely get that energy from John. Okay. You well, know that? And, and to and me, that, that's sinister because that always leads to some extra yes, shit. Yes. I mean, true indeed. And like I said, that's why. I'm already saying that, you know, I'm already telling y'all, I know that John is probably going, especially with that last, and that's what I mean, I didn't, I feel like they didn't need that last line. Like you said, you already get the vibe from dude, but with that last line, it just made it where it's like, no, this guy is evil, you know, <laughs> stay out of my way. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was, it was the killmongering. That's what I keep talking about. It's these killmongering of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Hayward shooting at kids. You know, it's Killmonger choking the grandmother in the herb herb garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stay out of my way. 
all episode, he's Get like, yo, I idolize y'all. You know, you're the man, dude. You know, you and Steve, you know, and he would have looked up to Falcon just like, he, this is Steve's partner, so he's going to look up to him. Up until that point, though, when Falcon turned against the military again, so he's going to be like, all right, you know, but even then, he'd be like, yo, this dude saved the universe. He's awesome. I wish we would team up. You know, this is great. And then suddenly, stay out of my way. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> What is, he, that, what is he Batman now? Yeah, where did that come from? Fast. You where, know, like, where did that voice come from? It, I mean, but that's how he did it. It was just like Batman. It's like Bruce Wayne, you know, talks normally and then, you know, justice will be served. It's okay. Yeah, it's Relax, like, dude. It's fine. Like, chill out, dog. You know what I mean? We all know you're Bruce Wayne. You don't need to talk in that voice. You know what I mean? Martha, you know, it's like, all right, dude. You know, we can see the black eye paint. Right? You, know, you wear makeup, Bruce. It's relax. You know, <laughs> the uh, the last theme uh, that I wanted to get into is regarding something you said last week when you said the mm-hmm. show is very black and very. and really in, in just terms of at least from in, in one frame or one lens of it some of some <laughs> asterisks some of the black experience that or particularly black American experience that mm-hmm. that that goes on. We mentioned obviously that HBCUS ban and all that stuff happening and and very brown audience that was there could just be because of locale could be a million other reasons mm-hmm. but also just reminding me of the fact of how black culture is so ingrained and assimilated and codified into American culture mm. and, and really commodified excuse me because it, 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 what's that other line where they say you love my culture but you hate me or you don't love mm-hmm. me like you know you love being black but you don't want to be black like it's, Everybody wants to be a until it's time to be a right, Paul yeah. Mooney. So it's yeah. just I that's that just kept reminding me of that, and it also reminded me of what I said last week when I made the comment about in the, in early in the beginning of last week's episode when I made the comment about Black Panther not necessarily being a black movie. It was clearly deeply informed and shaped by the experience of black people across the diaspora when when you're talking about the writing, the direction, and all the people involved in it, and all obviously the actors and the story itself. But would you go, oh, let's go see that the black movie, Black Panther? No, let's go see that Marvel movie, Black Panther, right? Wow. And <laughs> that same or a similar example is used in this episode, too, where they land in Baltimore, and as they're walking up, a kid refers to Sam as Black Falcon. Mm-hmm. And Sam corrects him and says, I'm just, it's just Falcon. And, and actually asks him, why would you call me that? And the kid's like, you know, my dad said that. But the point is that, that Sam's trying to make is, I'm I you don't need this modifier in front of my title or what I do or what I am. I'm just this person. Like I'm not a black firefighter. I'm a firefighter. And I'm not then, the black president. I'm a president. And then well, I mean, he, he well, is the black well, president stop, because stop, you know, right, we only right, got one. Right. You know, so. <laughs> stop jinxing it then. But so my, far, but, so right. far. That's and, what I mean, right? And now. also this is only one side of the argument because there's, there's the flip side of this argument as well. But, yeah. but but they but I, I'm just coining this as a kind of this black redundancy issue, right? Like when black people do anything similar to non-black people, uh, or or they reach some level of success, they're referred to that as the black version of something, like that mm-hmm. that term black Bill Gates. Yep. Or as we see here, when the characters take on the mantle of something that of a mantle that was previously held by a white person or a non-black person, they're referred to as the black whatever. In this case, black Captain America or black Falcon. Yes. But then also Sam flips it and does the same thing to Bucky when he calls him the White Panther. But he was playing with him. He was True joking. Indeed. The kid was dead ass. Like, oh, that's Black Falcon. Like that, as as if that was his real name. I and mean, them, 
them kids in Wakanda were dead ass when they called them white wolves too. You know? <laughs> but you know, but you know, like, we got black wolves and you the white. But one. you know, it doesn't work like that, right? When we're talking about, and then again, I'm going to keep it just to America. But when we're talking about, when we say a man, some really, and maybe it's different for for the generation growing up now. But mm-hmm. typically, when someone says draw a man on paper, they automatically assume it's a white guy. Mm. That's the that's considered the default as we say that, right? When you oh, when yeah, you create a character in a game, what is the default? A white person. Not all games, but, but a lot of games. It's, it's a white yeah. and white man specifically, not even a woman, a white man. Yeah. Then maybe the woman comes next and then go on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And another example, just 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 to bring it all home, another example that I see all the time in my in, in our community of Foral Nerds fan fam is our community of incredible cosplayers who happen to be black. And there is, they talk about this on a consistent basis because it, it keeps happening. This disdain sometimes for being called the black version of the character that they're dressing as. So, for example, if you're dressing, if you're cosplaying as Goku or Sailor Moon or Naruto, whatever, people call you black Goku or black Naruto. And it sounds stupid when you really think about it. Like, yeah. no, bro, I'm cosplaying as Naruto. I'm just and Naruto. I, I'm just Sasuke. You know, and it's funny because nobody can be like yellow, you know, something oh, or someone God. else. Yeah, but, you know. But also, or red. No one, but also, also, no one's gonna say white Naruto because technically Naruto yep. is Japanese. He's not right. even white. Yep. So, but no one, ain't, that, ain't that the blonde hair boy? In most anime, the default yeah. is that they're actually Japanese. They may present white. They, like again, yeah. they might have blue eyes and all this other stuff. But <laughs> that boy it, present but they, white as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but they the auto, the automatic assumption that typically is made not and again there are nuances but it's typically made is that they're Japanese or that's supposed to be the assumption. A lot yeah. of people, particularly in America, just say, "Oh, they're white." I swear to God, I thought Naruto meant white ninja. Oh, Naruto's actually it's actually and, and you know just like Goku, they're actually names of, of food in <laughs> Japanese culture. It's that um if you Word? if you eat ramen, <laughs> yeah, you know that little white. Egg that has a little pink swirl in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that that's Naruto. If I'm not mistaken, I mean that. that I want to look that up real that quick. That is on brand. If it is, yeah, the that's... white egg with the pink swirl in the middle. That's that little ninja boy. <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> yeah, I was right. It's the. It's the. I just looked it up real quick. Yeah, it's that. Um, it, it's just. It's a food item at the end of the day, right? So, yeah, and, and again, it all goes back to Japanese culture. Goku. I think it's like rice. It's something yeah. like that. You know, like like all of these names is really just stuff that harkens back to Japanese culture. But anyway. That's my point, right? That mm-hmm. you can argue, you can make, you can argue, people can argue to say, well, I'm just making a distinction between, for example, if, if he's Captain America and he's black Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also an unnecessary modifier and it really others that individual because you try to separate them from the mainstream of what is acceptable. So again, saying that, oh, that's, that's black Wonder Woman cosplayer or that's black Wonder Woman. Like, no, she's just Wonder Woman. She's cosplaying as Wonder Woman. That's mm. it. And it does matter. And maybe not all cosplayers have that uh, approach, but a lot that I've talked to just from, from day-to-day interactions, they express that, 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 that it's wild to them. And Sam, as you mentioned, he tried to show the absurdity of that approach. Like, you're calling me that because I'm black and the Falcon? So what are you, black kid? No, you're just a kid that happens to be black. Mm-hmm. But you also bring up the point about what about people who want... Yeah, what yeah. about people who want to be black comic book writer, black hero to amplify their blackness and their pride? Right. And and I understand that too because it's also you want to particularly fuck with people who are are fragile about it like fri- like fragile whiteness stuff like that like yeah I'm black and what or you're gonna like you're gonna understand that I'm black I'm gonna make you know that I'm black and that's that's also noble to to degree as well you can go that way I also just understand the 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 approach to to that modifier putting that modifier black in front of a name 
Yeah, I always used to, one of my favorite greetings for people is, what a black. <laughs> like, you, we, we, we joke about it and stuff on the show. One of your AKAs is Black Black Goliath. Because, <laughs> like, why is he called Black Goliath and just Goliath? And this is a Marvel character, y'all, an old school Marvel character. He's for, well, he, he was, like, the original Ant-Man? Like, why because, is he just Because there Goliath? was already a Goliath. And he so, was already a Goliath. Why he has to be Black Goliath? Because there already was a Goliath. So they needed a way to tell them apart. Like, there's Black Goliath, you know? Like, oh. don't give him an original name or anything, no. You know? Would they call him Asian Goliath? Like, and, and, <laughs> so I mean, to make, to, to make it even worse, the uh, Hank Pym wasn't even using the Goliath name at the time anymore. So what? So, so what was the reason? They what was the reason? What was the reason? There what was, was no. the reason? Because I mean, Black Goliath is an awesome name. Like, <laughs> let's be it's real. Funny. Yeah, it's, it's a funny. great name, Black Goliath. Like that's a dope name. And, and finally, in this theme, I just mentioned that this show gives you some of the commentary of the Black experience in America, that racial social commentary that I'm actually kind of tired of seeing. I'm so tired. I understand. Again, this was filmed a while ago and stuff, but I'm so tired. Yeah, that 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 begs the question. Like, is this yeah. show gonna have its racial moment of the week every week? I that's I wasn't. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be very honest. I wasn't really feeling that whole cop the police scene. Yeah, I wasn't I'm like, it just came out of nowhere to me. Now, not to say now. Yes, I I've been in Baltimore. I have my peoples in Baltimore. Like, yes, in certain areas they are just there. Now, but it was just yeah. weird how it happened. It was weird how it happened, but at the same time, let me tell you. Like, I think I've talked about this on Fall Nerds, and like. Growing up, I grew up in the hood. You know, I grew up in Third Ward, Houston, Texas, right? Yes. But I had a lot of white friends who lived all over the city in different places. One of them lived in an area of Westheimer near the Galleria. People know Houston. So at the time, and I think to this day, it was still mainly a white, you know, residential area around there. We are walking, me and a group of my friends, we're all in high school at this point. We're walking from one of their houses to another one of their houses. It's like five, ten blocks. You know, who knows? Not even that much. And, um... It's like me, one black dude, and maybe like five, six, seven white guys. Okay. All of us walking down the block at night. Cop car pulls up. We are in a white neighborhood again. We're not even in the hood where there's a lot of cops. You know what I mean? Okay. We're in a white neighborhood where it was strange to me that there was even a cop driving out Did the they street. just materialize out the ether? Yeah, basically just materialize out of there. You know, WandaVision. <laughs> Here comes Eastview. You know? And so this cop pulls up on us, you know, hops the searchlight on us. Bright, blinding light, hops out the car. I'm not sure if he had the hand on the gun or whatever, but hops out the car and is like, yo, is this guy bothering y'all? Like, there's like seven of them, fam. You know what I mean? These what? are my best friends. Some of them I've known since I was, one of them I've known since I was in kindergarten. You know? Um, and they're like, is this guy bothering y'all? All kind of stuff like that. So, while this was strange to me and a little, you know. It was also familiar. It was very familiar. Mm-hmm. way too familiar. Like I say, it was like six or seven of them. You know, they could have been lynching me for all this guy knows. You know, right. and not, you know, no concern for them. It was, I mean, all the concern for them, none for me. Right. Is this guy bothering me? And, and that's what happens in this scene with Bucky yep. and Sam when they're arguing in the street. Again, I, I wasn't really feeling it like that. I, I just, wasn't either. And then, like you said, it just felt like very... Racial, and, racial lesson of the week. But I'll also say I think it's a problem with the structure of this episode because you have the black kid moment, which is a great little you know anecdote. Like I think about that was that. enough, right? And, and then, then you, you have, have Isaiah, Isaiah, and then you have this scene all back to back. So you don't even get the time to live and you know feel the Isaiah stuff like you should because it's interrupted by this scene. 
So I felt like, yes, and hopefully going forward, even though things happen to black people with regularity in America, it's not like every day is terrible either. And well, I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> I was about to say, uh... It just, I mean, it I depends mean, on how much you think, you know, but like... And it, it depends okay, on your personal circumstances Personally, as well. yeah, it's probably not, yeah. And, uh, maybe for you, maybe for you, it doesn't yes. feel like that, and that's fine. Yes, true indeed. For some people, it is terrible. But for some white people, America is terrible every day because America is a terrible ass country. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> a, and that's what the people, and that's what people fail to realize. Like we talk about this thing about blackness and whiteness and what it means in America. It's like it's not that you're like that's like it's not that other people can't have struggle. It's not that John Walker doesn't have struggle. But if John Walker was black, there'd be an extra layer to that struggle. Mm-hmm. And the concept of all these layers when it comes to, in America anyway, the black experience is also why, and you said it already, like there was already all of these other preceding moments. And it's like, mm-hmm. we had to put this on, this is a cherry on top. Yeah. And je- and also <sighs> the layers of it. All of this is taking place in Baltimore, Maryland, which has lots mm-hmm. of implications. Particularly, I, I when, when Isaiah was talking, it reminded me of many things. It reminded me, number one, of Henrietta Lacks. And for those who don't know who Henrietta Lacks is, she basically every damn near every vaccine and anything you've taken, the entire biomedical research industry, the billions and billions of dollars within this industry is all due to her and her cells. Mm. She is a black woman who died back in 1951. Her cancer cells were harvested without her consent for research and used for experimentation, things like that to this day. Um, all through to this day, her cells are responsible for over 17,000 patents to help develop things like vaccines, IVF treatments, etc. And no credit was really ever given to her for, for, for decades. And her family wasn't even informed that her cells were taken until 20 years after her death. The family also had largely received no compensation. I know in 2020 that there was a, a major biomedical organization that actually tried to give them financial reparations. I don't know how much money they tried to give them, but they they did. And it everything Isaiah was telling me just reminded me also of the ongoing experimentation against black people. You think about the Tuskegee Airmen and, and op- the experimentation on black and brown soldiers during World War II. Like, it's just so many layers of that and all of these life histories and lessons and all this stuff. And then you got to add on, well, here come the police. <laughs> it's just, I, it was... And maybe, I don't know, maybe that was, that was the writer's point. Like, they was like... And on top of all of this stuff, look what Sam got to deal with now. But to me, it was just too much. Yeah, I think it was too much. And it was also because the scene is really about getting Bucky arrested so that yeah, they can, you know, meet up with the... Yeah, could have arrested him in a different way. Yeah, or it just could have been anyway. And I just thought it was too much. And also, since you were mentioning Henrietta Lacks, we also had to mention... I mean, it just goes on and on in American history. And that's something that, like... I even had a talk with someone on Twitter the other day because they were like, oh, this moment in American history is like, you know, paramount to a waste war. And I'm like, any moment in American history wow. could be, you know, basically there's a race war going on. Yeah. There's a war, you know, the toxic whiteness is perpetrated in a war on everything else constantly in history and especially in American history. But, like, uh, 60,000 American soldiers were involved in a secret chemical weapons testing program during World War II, where the U.S. Department conducted tests based on the race of them. You know, this is, of course, black, Japanese, and Puerto Rican soldiers. They were locked in a gas chamber and exposed to chemicals like mustard gas. Oh, my God. Mm. Right? 60,000. <sighs> um, 
in the 1990s, I, it just, I mean, this is even recent, like in the 1990s, children in Los Angeles were exposed to a vaccine for measles that was known to be, you know, not right. Like, I mean, on and on. And uh, let's, here's another one. In the 1950s, the CIA and the U.S. military released half a million mosquitoes with yellow and Denang fever, I think yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. into the Black I, Florida communities leading to multiple illnesses and deaths. The government wanted to assess the use of mosquitoes as military weapons. Now, my family was in Florida in the 1950s. You know, that's where all my family is from. Like That's wild. And to think like the, the genetic implications that get passed yes. down to the children. Like, in the what? 1990s, children in Los Angeles were injected with an experimental measles vaccine, vaccine unapproved by the FDA and one which had developed a bad reputation, reputation for increasing high death rates in Haiti Guinea and Senegal. It just keeps happening. Over and over again. Between 2006 and 2010, 148 female prisoners in two California prisoner prisons, the majority black and Latino, were sterilized without mm -hmm. their consent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even though this is the last theme, just of of just expressing like the the the, the things that the commentary on the black some of the black experiences also goes back to our mirror theme because mm -hmm. this this when he gets pulled over by the cops it's also essentially like that banker scene in the first yep. episode where it, you have all that uh, the, the underlying racism under it to be quite honest and when the cop cop is ready to cart him off and he's like and then they like oh yo his, his man whispers to him yo that's an avenger oh i didn't recognize you without the goggles it's just like oh my god like i didn't recognize you without the basketball yep. jamal like i i just i it Thank you for pointing that out. Like, yeah, like it's just like, well, what do you mean? Like, it's it's just typical. And even Bucky gets very typical in that scene where he does the when the cops are like, give me ID, and, and Sam's like, I ain't got an ID, and, and Bucky's like, just give him the ID. And I'm like, Bucky, yeah, no, 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 no. Like that's that's the time where you got to be like Rose and get out. He don't need to show his ID. Yeah. <laughs> I remember her crazy. Stuff. Yeah, her wild self. Let me not say crazy, but her wild self. Uh. And, right, <laughs> right. I love you, Allison. What up? But also, <laughs> Bucky, when he says, uh, "Do you know who this is?" When he's talking, when he's pointing the Falcon, and I'm like, "But to me, it's just, it's just, it's just indicative of of whiteness. It's just, it doesn't matter who this is. It's absurd that you're stopping us in the street. It's mm -hmm. absurd that you're talking to this random black man saying uh, to to this white man, is this black guy bothering you?'" Just on his face. Forget, forget the reasons. Why, like, like, forget what's happening. Why is this happening? Yep. This doesn't I make sense. And, and 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 it 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 just goes to show you that that idea of I I I I comically said you just a nigga in a super suit, like just like the Kanye. Just because you're in the bench, you're still a nigga in a coop. Uh, being someone when you're black doesn't necessarily trump being black, and and, and doesn't go over the systems that are actively working against us in America, like. If a cop recognizes you as an athlete or a person that matters, oh, now you get a pass. Mm -hmm. And also, half the time, that shit don't even work. No, they have to recognize you. That's what it is. Like you say, if you don't have a basketball in your hand, then that shit ain't going to work. You're just a tall, you know, This Negro. isn't basketball, J-Rock. Like, <laughs> like, I just, I, it's, it's wild. And you, you, you see that. Um, I, I use an example here of Masai Ujeri. Well, he's mm -hmm. the president of the Raptors. I'm not sure if he's still the president, but he was the president when they won the still. championship last year. And he, that was why- Two when years he, ago, Lakers. Or, excuse me, two years. He got stopped. Like he was going to go on the court to go celebrate with the rest of the team because they won. 
and the cops stopped him and they shoved him when mm-hmm. he was trying to show his credentials like well i'm you know someone could say well show your id show your credentials he was trying to and they shoved him why would they treat him like that and masai firmly believed and i also believe him that it was because it was due to race mm-hmm. and masai even said what saddens me the most about his ordeal is that the only reason why i'm getting the justice i deserve in this moment is because of my success yeah you see that with sam falcon right oh you're avenger oh he saved the world let's leave him alone mm-hmm. and that's something that i feel like i've seen certain reviewers say that they treat bucky differently like when they're arresting him they're like oh mr barnes well they you called know, they sorry. called they called him mr wilson once they that's, realized yeah, who and he I, was. Want, I want i want to point that out because i've seen people like oh they said something yeah. no no once they realize who sam is he becomes a different negro to them right but that's you know? the but that's then the part it's of, mr wilson but that's the part yeah. about the system that's broken Yes. You shouldn't have to recognize my humanity first, right? No. Don't recognize what I did or what I could do for you or I'm I'm a success or this or that. Recognize me as a person and give me my respect first. And and let me also point that out and that's a problem that we, you know, that I always talk about once again going back to the Black Panthers. That's what they were trying to let people know. The system is going to treat you like a negro Indian no matter what your skin color is. You know, they're going to go for the negroes first. But if you a poor ass white, it ain't no Mr. Barnes either. You know, if he wasn't an Avenger right then, they would have grabbed up Sam. And then if Bucky had kept bucking up, they would have grabbed his ass up too. Because, you know, you still just another dude at the end. And they aren't. They, well, I mean, they might have let white man go. But, you know, yeah, because they, <laughs> they was a little worried about him and shit. So they probably would have just arrested Sam and taken him. But, well, you know, Bucky wouldn't have had that. That's the other thing. Bucky would have tried to fight them. And then Bucky or Sam would have gotten shot. You know, it would have ended all bad. And that's what Sam is trying to prevent. Because Sam knows he can buck up and fuck these two cops up if he wants. He knows Bucky can too. But all that's going to do is bring more cops to that hood. And also, why would you... Would you this is not a fighting moment. There's no reason to fight this moment. Like, if no. anything, Sam was irritated. And I would yeah. be too. Like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. Mind but your Bucky business. Bucky would have fucked them well, cops well, up if they tried to arrest them. Bucky about that action. That's yeah. why I fucks with Bucky. Yeah. He's about that but, action. So. But see, that would have been a problem. Because let's it say, would. you know... They got arrested and then Bucky fights them. Then, you know, more cops come to that neighborhood when they ain't there. Right. And and that and we'll talk about the characterization of Bucky as we go along. It just his reaction there and the way he is like he I love him because he's always about that action. But then he's doing dumb stuff, which is also yeah. maybe naive. It's that kind of naive whiteness about oh, yes. just give them your ID. Oh, just, uh. He has not but, been around very long. You know, what I mean, that's the thing. Right. And in, and instead of being like, um. You know, Steve, you know, going and listening to Marvin Gaye, what's going on, you know, catching up on what's happening. Bucky is out here trying to make amends for other shit he done. You know, he's still stuck in the past. He's not learning about what's happening in the current time. But also when he lived, especially during the time when he lived, that was super duper prevalent. So that, he's not learned from that either. No, because why would he? Because at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, Bucky might have benefited like... Let's stop giving these dudes the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like, they are still white dudes. Like, he's going to (laughs) benefit from that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He might not be all the way, you know, where he's supporting it, but he's not going to fight against it. You know, not outright, not then. You got to get woke to get there. Fucking woke. He went to war. And after all that, after all that bullshit with the cops, it's Bucky who ends up getting arrested because he ain't show up to his his PO. He ain't show up for therapy, bro. Yeah. After all that. All right, that is the end of our themes. We have our new section, which is questions that need answers. And you say like questions that need answers. There you go. There you go. 
My question is, some of this is funny. Uh, why doesn't Bucky trust Red Wing? Red Wing? It's it's just a drone. And and as we said on WandaVision, what happened to all drones matter? Drones, boy. Drones. <laughs> Yo, I need a team up now. We got drone from WandaVision. We got Red Wing. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got a whole show of drone. Like, I keep telling y'all, yeah. drone he, the he, series. He has a very contentious relationship with this troll. But I, I'm, from I'm thinking just because it's an extension of Sam. And it's, and it's just like, Sam just yeah. aggravates him. And he's just like, get, get the fuck away from me. But uh, nobody else with Red Wing. Black Widow in the movie wasn't really feeling Red Wing. You know, she's like, but I'm it's not, just yeah. a drone that's helping you. Look, and it's, you know, it's, it's okay, whatever. I, I don't know what his problem is. I don't like is. drones either. So, you know, I'm down. Yeah, whatever. Uh, okay. Well, then again, uh, but I'm, I do I'm want my drone person. show. Drone right. on Disney Plus. Drone. <laughs> drones talk about their problems. They go <laughs> to mean, therapy. Drones can solve problems. You know, these drones are some problem solvers. Oh, like, gosh. The WandaVision drone, like that yeah. WandaVision drone got power, boy. I, I think there'll be a little lack of personality, just saying. All right, but. you know, we can work on that. Okay. <laughs> the next questions that need answers, we talked to, uh, or really is kind of answered for us. What is the big three? Yep. Sam makes this question, or or rather, statement. Sam says it statement, and and. Bucky asks, what the hell is that? They say androids, aliens, and wizards, because those are the types of, of enemies that they fight every time they, they get they get to have they have to scrap. Um Bucky says there's no such thing as wizards. I thought it was hilarious that he mentioned yep. Gandalf. because um, mm-hmm. he actually read The Hobbit when it came back in 1937. And then we have this hilarious quip about Doctor Strange being a sorcerer. Yep. And also Bucky read The Hobbit in 1937, but it was only released in 1937 in Europe. He was, so wasn't Bucky, he in Europe? No, not at that point. Oh. Bucky is just that big of a dork. And my man got the copy. <laughs> He's that big of a nerd. <laughs> yeah, sent to him in 1937. No, because he was not in Europe yet, but Bucky was determined. Got and it. Also, the alien androids of Wizards refers to Ultron, Thanos, and Loki, because those mm. are the three big threats of the film. Those are the big original three, yeah. Yeah, and those are what you know they have seen so far, so... Pretty soon they got to make it a bit foreign. Add time travelers when Kane shows up. Yo, I think Galactus gonna fall under aliens. World so that's eaters, still gonna yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's still aliens. How, how how do you feel about Sam's comment that sorcerers are wizards without hats? Oh, that was great. <laughs> you agree with him? I agree. Yeah. With I also love that. Like I said, that um John Walker and them. All right, now I'm not sure if this is because John and them are spying on them. Through Red Wing. Which was, but then it made sense, right? Like, Or is this just a general thing among superheroes right now that, you know, everybody talks about the big three, you know, aliens, androids, and wizards. Like, that's just what, you know, they all, every, and like, even uh, the world, like, the world would know that's the, you know, that's like the big three that's attacked. Like, which is once again going back to the ridiculousness of the MCU for the average person. <laughs> like, could you imagine being like, yo, what about the big three, though? You know, you just walking down the street, you know, yo, remember when Loki attacked New York? And then Thanos erased half of the universe. And remember that time Ultron dropped a city? Like, what? what? if you're a kid and you're like, yes! Mom, there's an attack on New York. And she's like, is it androids, aliens, or wizards? Like, like that's the qualifier you ask your child. Like, is there like, you know, um, you know when they have like, uh, what is it? Disaster drills where they have one yeah. for aliens, one for androids, and one for wizards? You know, you gonna die. You gonna yeah, die. basically on all three of them, you done. You know, if they anywhere within a mile, yeah. you you done. You got a billion dollar suit, you got powers, then you gonna die. If it's aliens, uh, you might have well kiss your ass to buy because half a billion of y'all gonna, you know, yeah. no, it's, not, it's tight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then finally, the questions I need answers ses- section. Who is in power right now in the world? Because, mm. and this is also this is also what predicates the the 
creation of the Flag Smashers as a group. Carly Morgenthau, who's a leader, she says this point, she says at some point in the show, we can't let the same assholes who were put back in power after the blip win. The GRC, which is the Global Repatriation Council, they care more about the people who came back than the ones who never left. Now, I've, I've expressed how I think it's very smart of shows like this to show the impact of the blip to the regular people, the regular populace. Yes, people who may have superpowers as well, but, but also what about the, you and me, Ben? What, about, what happens to you and me? Like if it's you and me and one of us gets blipped, how do our lives are impacted? And then five years later, when one of us comes back, then what? How do you deal with that? And so that makes you think about the, the, the power imbalance, the governance, governance imbalance in the world after the blip. Like imagine like you live in a country where it's, it's, hor- it's, it's horrible because it's, it's ran by a dictator and all this other stuff. Life is, is horrible. The blip happens, that dictator gets out the paint and some other people come in who are actually helpful towards your life. They're building stuff up. Then people return and everyone's trying to put back to stuff to the way they was. How would you feel? Would you become part of the Flag Smashers? Like, yo, life was actually good when your ass was gone. And now y'all trying to re- put shit back to the way it was? Hmm. And there are also, like, you know, people who would believe that because half of the people, you know, less stress on the environment, all that type of thing. The, yeah, like, the Thanos yeah. effect. Yeah. The Thanos effect that this was a good thing. Yeah. And they have yeah. that They have that tagline, the Flag Smashers have that tagline, one world, one people. And they yeah. themselves, very multicultural. Their, their logo is a handprint with the globe, the world in the center with, like, Pangea, which is, mm-hmm. you know, like, one landmass and everyone together. And, and like I said, I... I, I I understand why people would be part of this group. Like, if shit, shit was sweet for you during the blip and then they try to push shit back to the way it was, that that's not right. Mm-hmm. And another thing about them that I really like that we see is how they care for each other. Like, how yeah. the Flag Smashers are generally concerned when Cap shoots one of them, when the other one volunteers to hold off the Power Broker's men. You know, mm-hmm. Shorty is really like, damn, Because she know that know? was the end for him. Yeah, basically. And... It contrasts with the way we see Batroc uh, treat his men in the last episode, how they're disposable, you know, how people just get murked off and nobody seems to care about them. But this is also the Flag Smashers, you know, in this episode, they go and they find a safe house yeah. where a dude and his wife have cooked food, mm-hmm. you know, they got coffee, they believe in them, you know, so this is a movement. Yeah. Even Sam, you know, when he's speaking to. John in the Jeep reflects some of their ideology. Like he starts talking about like, yo, you know, maybe it's not, you know, always the way it should be. And things, you know, when it's bad for one people, it's bad for, you know, it's not always, mm-hmm. you know, things aren't bad for other people. Like, so they have, once again, these yeah. villains are being very nuanced. There's a lot to them. And I like that. And yes. I, they, they were stealing vaccines to deliver to refugees. And like Bucky said, there's mad refugee camps yeah. around the world right now. Like, Maybe they're helping out, you know. Mm. Again, it's about it's it's all about how you go about things, right? Yep. And also, is it quite wrong? And th- they mentioned the idea of the Global Repatriation Council, who, as we learn, is responsible for essentially mending some of the issues of the world post split mm-hmm. by providing resources. Or this is what John says. So they do things like reactivate citizenship, social security, healthcare for people displaced by the return of billions of people. And and you got to know that in all systems, people fall through the cracks. Yep. And that's, to me, where the Flag Smashers come into play. Mm. 
And the GRC might be headed up by the character Thunderbolt Ross, who we see in the end credits. His name shows up in the end credits. And for those who remember, Thunderbolt Ross first showed up in the Hulk movie. And people thought he was, you know, non-canon until he shows up when they're trying to get the Avengers to sign the Sokovia Accords. Mm. And Thunderbolt Ross in the comics is a leader of the team, the Thunderbolts, who are basically a bunch of villains who take over at one point for the Avengers when the Avengers are outlawed. Mm. And so we, you know, there's been rumors that we might get a Thunderbolt series and the Thunderbolt, like we said, he's in the credits, so he might show up here in this series. So, mm. you know, U.S. agent might be a part of that team. Mm. We'll see what happens. We shall see. This leads us into getting into some more character information or character definition. We've spoken quite a lot about Isaiah Bradley already. And I, I just wanted to make this point. Like, just imagine if the government didn't do Isaiah dirty like that. Could you imagine, like, if he was able, first of all, if it wasn't a secret and he was able to, like, really craft his legacy even further, what if Sam Wilson had the mentorship and, like, was able to have the tutelage of Isaiah Bradley? Mm. And that's Captain America, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because even in the comics, like, all the black characters know about, it's the white Captain America who doesn't know about Isaiah. Like, they know and are friends with him. There's a shot, it's the most, one of the most beautiful shots in the red, white, and black when White Cap comes to his house, when he finally finds out about him and comes to the house and meets his wife and meets his children and looks on the wall and it's like uh, Isaiah with Prince, Isaiah with Marvin Gaye, Isaiah with Alex Haley, Isaiah right, with Malcolm yeah. X, you know, Isaiah with, Isaiah with Stan Lee, you know, Isaiah with just all these different luminaries, mainly black luminaries. And it's just so dope because Tabitha's in there like, damn, I ain't know. But all the people who needed to know knew. Yeah. And other thing you need to know, big time salutes to Carl Lumbly, who actually mm. plays the man Isaiah Bradley. Yes, he is the man. He, whether you know or not, that, that includes myself and everybody listening, he, he may have been part of your childhood at some point because this man's resume is so extensive and is deep, especially deep in the comic book superhero realm. Mm. He's played Black Panther, or he was in the Black Panther TV miniseries. He played he played a, a different character, but he mm-hmm. was in that miniseries back in 2010. He's played in Justice League numerous times, including Justice League Unlimited, numerous animations. He played Martian Manhunter. He was the voice of Martian Manhunter. Mm. In, that smooth ass voice, boy. In Supergirl, he played Martian Manhunter's father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, he's playing Isaiah Bradley, who is the man, but also he's been voicing in, in tons of games, tons of shows that are within and around Geekdom. He was in Alias, apparently. He was in Static Shock as Martin Manhunter again. Like, <laughs> he was in the Wild So he was Thor Martin Barry. Manhunter all through JLU, all that? Yes. Oh, man, he did such a great job. It just keep, he, his name just keeps coming he was up. Iconic as Martian Man. He, he was uh, randomly a mayor in Superman the Animated Series. So like he even crossed like, he's crossing lines in terms of DC and Marvel. So he probably especially if you're a millennial, he's probably been part of your childhood. But it's just it's just incredible everything he's done. So I just want to make sure everyone knew that about this man, Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, also with Falcon Sam Wilson, as as we've been saying, he's he seems like he's just out here trying to function. And at least just on his head, on the surface, he seems a little bit noncommittal to responsibilities and, and the stuff that he didn't ask to have 
when he was given the mantle of Cap. But also, Mm -hmm. you had another point to make about this, uh, Ben. Yeah, I think he wants to be Cap. You know, he idolizes Steve and wants to live up to what he thinks he is. But he just feels that as a black man, he just can't do that. And at the same time, he knows that doing that will take him away from what he just came back to after five years. His sister, his nephews, his friends, his family. You know, being Cap is a whole lot of responsibilities that make that impossible to live that same life. And he still thinks he can live that life. Wow. Nah, I doubt it, fam. <laughs> I doubt it, fam. Yeah. We are also going to move on to the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the White Panther, if, if you're Sam chiding him, or the White Wolf, as he's known in Wakanda. Uh, and the fact that he, this really broken kind of relationship he has with Sam, like very mm-hmm. poor communication skills, and just the things that make Sam... Not, excuse me, not Sam, but the things that make Bucky irritated is, is kind of nonsensical at times. Like when Sam calls him Buck, and I get it, but I don't. But he also he feels like Sam don't know him like that. He has no mm-hmm. right to call him Bucky, but it's also or Buck rather. But it's like this is the only Sam's the only dude that's in your corner right now. Their their incongruent strategy and approaches to how they how like especially like how they argued over have to, how to handle the smag, flag smashers. They're very. Com- bad and competitive as well it's it's just i call it this camaraderie of annoyance and aggravation like it's they're just constantly going at each other and this this exchange they had in the hangar where bucky steps up to sam's and says you had no right to give up the shield and sam's like you're not gonna come here in your overextended life and tell me about my rights Mm. many many layers to that right as obviously, you know, being white and all that stuff, but also you've lived your life maybe two, three times over at, at this point. And Sam doesn't necessarily get that luxury either. Like, he's a human being. First of all, he ain't got no super soldier serum, so mm-hmm. it is what it is. But what I love is, despite their differences, Sam and Bucky are united when it comes to not fucking with John Walker. It's very clear when that happens. As I said, Bucky's about that action because as you, as one point he says, yo, let's just steal the shield, bro. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, that. that's so out of pocket, but I'm with it. <laughs> Didn't work out the first time. It did not. And this was actually, during their therapy session, this was pretty heartfelt to me, even though Bucky said it was such anger, but it was also hurt. Mm-hmm. Because to me, he feels like his destiny is tied to Sam. And he's, as we said, where they're finding, they're finding who they are as people. And Bucky is trying to understand what gives him redeeming value, right? He doesn't want to be this necessarily this killer and this and that. And when when he's talking to Sam, he says to Sam, if Steve was wrong about you, meaning wrong about you needing to be Captain America, then he was wrong about me. Mm-hmm. In his head, he's like, if, if, if Steve was wrong about that, then he's wrong about me being a redeeming human being. Yep. So there's that. A fantastic line. And I mean, even better delivered by um, Sebastian. Sebastian but Sam. He, Yeah. But what's very great is even Falcon's response when he's like, look, you and Steve will never understand what I have to go through to do this. And I'm just doing what I thought was right. Indeed. Mm -hmm. We have uh, your boy, John Walker. Hashtag not my Captain America. Uh, Hashtag generic white man name. Hashtag Mm -hmm. great value cap. Hashtag good old boy from the South. No, easy there, easy there. He is not, he is not, I, I know too many good old boys from the South. He has not earned that, you know, qualification yet. Okay. Yeah. No, I, that, I'll yeah. wait on that. Yeah, we got to wait on that. That's everything else, yeah. everything else, I'm giving it to him. All right, yeah. Hashtag not America's ass. Mm. I don't like, I don't trust him. Something in me is saying don't trust this man. 
Yeah, I mean, that's because he's, you know, obviously the villain of the series. Like, <laughs> you know, it's because this, this show is, like, leaning into it right now. And right. like I said, I, I like Dude, and I really like what they've done with him so far. I really like his character. And I do feel like Bucky and Sam have way too many of their own issues to be worried about this man. And this whole hating on this man is really silly. You know what I mean? Like, this dude is trying to help, and he has resources they need. Even Falcon's little explanation, oh, you've got restrictions? Well, then why doesn't he work with his restrictions, and we work without them, but we meet in the middle? It's the buddy cop film. You know, what do you use the loose cannon? I don't want to work with you, fam. I don't like you. I don't like the cut of your jib. I don't like you. Well, yeah, well, see, that's why your ass got served, and you dudes like had to come in. If not for them, you two would be splattered on the road somewhere, <laughs> liking it or not. You know what I mean? Like, that's... A, I, I, the, John Walker's is not vibes. I'm I'm sorry, he's not. Hey, hey, that that's you know I don't. He's not. Once again, Haywood ain't vibes. But if I'm in Westview, you know what I mean. I need that man to drop the nuke, you know, to save me. Do what you got to do, fam. Drop you know, the like, nuke, so kill you in the process. Well, I mean, maybe not the nuke. You know? <laughs> like, just what? the missiles. Just the missiles. He was just and potentially kill you in the process. What if you're too close? Splash damage I mean, is the thing. Look, there's 3,800 people in there. You know, five, six got to go if we get rid of Wanda. <laughs> You know what I mean? That that I can live with that. Like you know, down. that's acceptable. Also, oh my god! Otherwise, it's thirty eight hundred. You know, you got a choice: five or six or thirty eight. Because otherwise, them people won't die. You know, the morality paradox. Ooh, hey, child. you know, hey, you know what I mean? I'm choosing the five or six. Yeah. You said this maybe four times, five times. That last line, Ben. I mean, let's talk about that last line. And your boy Man. John Walker says, since you want to yeah. defend him, what he said. Um, no, I mean, the last, this is his first last line that was terrible, was when he said that, you know, it'd be easier with Caps Wing by my side, Wing Man by his side. But, you know, like, that's the thing. Okay, we take it as disrespectful, but Falcon was the disrespectful. Man. Once again, he's pointing out the reality. It's just Hayward pointing out, yo, look how she had you, looking like a jive turkey. You know what I mean? It's not me who made you act like a jive turkey. I'm just pointing out that you was a jive turkey. He's like, it's not me that made you the sidekick. I'm just pointing out you were Steve's sidekick. He said Jab Turkey. Once again, yeah. black exploitation keeps coming back. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Heywood was like, look at you. He was out there looking like the Jab Turkey. Heywood grew ben, up on them black exploitation films. Ben. Yes. John says this in the context of, yo, I'm just trying to be the best Captain America I could be. I'm trying to do my job, and I could do my job better as long as I have your help. This is black labor. This is oh I got I need the sidekick because I gotta I gotta further my own agenda. This it's is not a white, flattering. Is a, it's not the truth. It's demeaning. This is a white lead singer going to get a gospel group to back him up. Like you know what I mean? He knows, okay. He knows where the soul's at. He knows what he needs. You know what I mean? Nobody and, was mad at David Bowie when he went and got the you know he formed the Young American Artist Singing Soul. Wait 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 wait. Okay wait. I'm not even gonna go into that. But yeah. your example of of these singers going to get the gospel group. Okay, I hear you. It's just tired. I always hate it myself. It's, it's just like, tired. Oh, you, you're so whack. Like, you went and got the gospel group, you were tired. Yeah. But that's what he's doing for. You know right, what I mean? Right, Look, right. He knows where it's at. You know, my man grew up in the hood. He knows what black people to do. You right. know? Well, he didn't, look, he's a quarterback. He ain't win them games by himself. Right. Well, as much as I don't like the character, shout out to Wyatt Russell, who's the real person behind the character, the actor behind the character. He's doing an mm -hmm. amazing job. Yes, uh, and, and and I want to also be clear, especially for people who seem not to be make the distinction between a character and the actor. They're they're two different people. So if I'm going off on a character, especially when I use the character's name, I'm talking about the character, not the person themselves. Don't do that equation, please. Also, talk about tired. I don't like 
like Lamar Hoskins. God damn. Slash Battlestar. I don't like the man. He he corny. He's mad corny. Look, my man just trying to live out here. No, just trying to function. No. Jesus no, for hate. No, he's corny to me, sir. No. I it's again, it's something about his energy I'm not effing with. And he just he's uh, I, I, is he like a magical Negro? He's giving me wow. magical Negro vibes, just the way he's just like, gotta help John Walker. Like I I don't I, I don't. We haven't had time to get into his personal life yet. You know what I mean? Like, geez, I'm not talking damn. About personal life. I'm talking about how his vibe with John right now. You could say, oh, they just buddies because they 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 fought together and they in the same yes. battalion. Okay, nigga, there's something wrong with how it feels. It don't wow. feel right. Wow. <sighs> and the yeah. other reason why also I said don't feel right because it's also I, I will admit that it's also comic book fueled. Yeah. Because in the comic. Lamar, it, it's not hate. <laughs> it's truth filled. It's definitely you know? hate. It's hate. I never say hate. I don't hate anybody. Hate, hate is different. I, I'll never hey, be nobody to power. You don't have to hate somebody to, to sip on the haterade. Is is holleration in the dancery <laughs> hateration in this dancery? Yeah, you, 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 you sipping on the hate though. You, there might not okay. be a hateration. But okay, well, well, no, no. I, I, but that's one thing I was. I, I don't hate people. Yes. I, I, I uh, passionately dislike. So I yes. passionately dislike this man right now. But again, mm-hmm. this is also fueled by what I know of him in the comics. Because in the comics, yeah, he's a friend of John's, but he was also part of this crew called the Bold Urban Commandos, or Buck for short. Um, they also call it Bucky's, which you know, again, you talk about mirrors, mirrors the Bucky Barnes. Anyway, this group, and the reason also why I say it's corny specifically, is because that group staged, meaning they made fake attacks on Super Patriot, who who was that was the mantle that that John Walker had to help lift his brand, to give him yes. clout. These are clout chasers. I don't like clout chasers. I think that's but, corny. Yeah, that's what John is. He's a clout chaser. Corny. The whole crew is cloud chasers. And yes. that's what I mean when I say something ain't right. I don't something ain't, I, I don't want that in my that's that's I don't want that in my circle, bro. I don't mm-hmm. like you can, nah. And also right now, let's give a quick shout out and rest in peace and blessings to the God, Dwayne McDuffie, who was the reason why the name Bucky stopped being used to describe Lamar Hostins, because uh the Dude who's writing at the time is this guy named Mark Grunewald. Mark Grunewald's a white dude, but he wrote Captain America for uddying years, right? Like, as a kid, he was writing Cap. He, I think it might have been eight, nine years he wrote that character, you know? And so most of these stories are for, not of not, Like, the Winter Soldier comes later. That's Ed Brubaker. But a lot of seminal Cap stories are from Mark Grunewald, right? He mm. created Super Patriot. He created the U.S. Agent. This whole idea of Cap turning in his shield, all that's from him. So when he introduced Bucky, you know, the Buckies, it was Lamar and two other guys. So then the other two guys get thrown off when they give the shield. They're like, nah, those two guys are too much trouble. You know, we'll just take Lamar and you, John. And so he becomes Bucky to his Captain America. So it's like, of course, you know, Captain America needs a Bucky, but he's a black dude. So when Dwayne McDuffie hears about this, being a black man, he knows that Buck is, you know, used to describe Black men in the South as a derogatory term. It comes from slavery. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yo, Mark Grunewald's a racist, right? And the editor at the time, one of the other editors who I think is a black man, was like, no, Mark's not a racist. He just doesn't know. I didn't know myself. So go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Dwayne didn't even want to talk to him because he was scared that would ruin his career. Fair, even right. bringing it up. You know, he was scared that he'd be, you know, blacklisted. I hate to use that term, but, you know... Eliminated from the industry, basically. Mm-hmm. If he brings up, if he, you know, because then he's the angry black man who's like 
going to talk to Mark Grunewald, who was a superstar writer at the time. You know what I mean? One of the biggest out writing Captain America, selling mad copies every month. But he goes and talks to Mark. Mark understands, you know, appreciates that Dwayne came to him like this and starts hiring Dwayne and making sure Dwayne getting more work, which leads to the Dwayne McDuffie we know and love who created so many things that Justice League Unlimited cartoon we were just talking about is his, one of his brainchilds. So it's because of that that Bucky in the comments then changes his name to Battlestar. Mm. And they have this really dope issue where Bucky is talking to this old janitor who's an older black man and he's explaining to him, yo, you can't be Bucky. You know what I mean? You got to be, you, you just as strong as him. You know, you can't be his sidekick like that. Mm-hmm. You got to have your own name and you can't be taking some white man's name. So mm. that's how he becomes Battlestar, which is still a terrible ass name, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't go, go with it. And, and, we don't I mean, go even with Bucky it. wasn't feeling the name, but also I'm like, is it just yeah. Bucky just fed up with like people deciding to be heroes and come up with code names? But yeah, he just wasn't. Yeah. He was like Battlestar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, but that that goes back to um to Civil War when Spider Man rolls up on Falcon and him, and he's like, everybody's got a gimmick now. Yeah. you know, he's he's sick of it. He's sick of it. Bucky's a grumpy old man. I love Bucky. He is. Yeah, and I, keep I love him He too. is what, 106? 106. He is a grumpy old man. Boy, yeah, yeah. Well, if ever one. shout outs to real life Clay Bennett, who portrays Lamar Hoskins, a.k.a. Battlestar. He's also very prevalent in the in, in, in animation and things like that. He played Earl Devereaux and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs TV series. That's the cop. I believe it's the cop. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in literally every iteration of like Total Drama Island, like all the Total Drama series. He... Like, oh, you don't know what that is? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I-, I love Total Drama, but he played okay. the chef, Chef Hatchet. Or I-, I I don't remember that he was actual chef or not. But he's also been more recently in The Man in the High Castle as Elijah. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Very good resume there. We also want to mention Carly Morgenthau. Right now we know her as the leader of the Flag Smashers, played by Aaron Kellyman, who, as we also know her at the top of the show, we mentioned she's Enfys Nest. She appeared in the what, solo movie that mm-hmm. some people did not like, but she did appear in that. And she was her character was fire. I liked yep. what she did, so whatever. Mm-hmm. She gets likened, Carly rather gets likened to Robin Hood in this. Yep. Rob for the rich, still for the poor, which also gives you the understanding of the dynamic of a lot of these refugees and stuff from around the world. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they y'all put them, y'all, y'all put them in a situation coming back. And she also gets this text on her phone that says, you took what was mine. I'm going to find you and kill you. I'm, I'm presuming that's from the power broker and the fact that she potentially stole, maybe she stole the serum for him. So that's why she has a, yeah. the super soldier type powers. Yeah, because later on the power broker's men show up and shoot up her man. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that was the dude coming to kill them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which leads us to the power broker. You want to talk a little bit about who that is? Yes, the Power Broker is a character, once again, created by Mark Grunewald during his run on Captain America, who is this man who is out brokering powers to people, mainly super strength, you know, toughness, all that. And Captain America kept running into people who had used him. Like I mentioned last week, there's a whole wrestling foundation of super strong individuals that mm-hmm. the Thing actually joined for a while. Oh, and yeah, because you know he needed something to do when he wasn't in the Fantastic Four. Fact. So he joins this wrestling, you know, squad. And he, he basically and, ran around in wrestling <laughs> gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ran around yeah, already. So he was already dressed for the occasion. Yes. So Cap meets some of these people. Then he meets Super Patriot, battles him, realizes that Super Patriot got his powers from Power Broker. Actually goes to the Power Broker and is thinking about getting powers from him. 
then, you know, thinks twice about it, declines him. Power Broker's like, nah, you're going to get these powers one way or the other. I think he wanted to experiment on him, so he, like, tries to do some You're going to take these powers, okay. Yeah, he, you know, I think he was, like, trying to see, you know, how far he could push it or something. You know, it's a comic book, whatever. Okay. So, basically, the Power Broker gives out powers. Now, people are, you know, thinking in the MCU, how long has the Power Broker been around, right? Right. Was he involved with Hydra? Was he involved with giving the Winter Soldier powers? Was he involved with giving Isaiah powers? Or is it a more recent thing that now he's just giving out powers? And we'll have to find right. out, you know, as this goes along. We don't know, but we will find out. And perhaps, at least, well, in the comics, I, I think you already said this, but Battlestar and John Walker basically become his clients. and they, they, Oh, they, they in the comics, they got their powers before we even meet them. Right. Super, and, and, and they got it from Power Broker. Yeah, they're already super strong the first time we see them. Right. So, and that's, so maybe yeah. in, the sh- in the show, in this actual show, maybe will there be an exchange there happening? Maybe, maybe not. I think it's one or two things. I think either John Walker, like I said before, already has powers or he's going to get powers when he realizes he can't fight people like the Flag Smasher. And even he's not ready to be Steve Rogers level without powers, you know, without some type of super soldier serum, which, you know, come on, let's add like Cap ain't on drugs, you know, like Cap didn't have the ultimate steroids, you know, like he has heart and all that, but he also has, you know, the super soldier serum. Right. You know. Rounding out, we have our one of our faves, Dr. Christina Rayner, who's played by Amy Aquino. We also have Olivia Walker, who is, once again, John Walker's wife, who you, <laughs> earlier in the show you said some stuff that made me mad. I was like, what? Look, I'm just saying, we have not met his parents. His, you know, he's he going to have to have some tragedy at some point. And, right. Yeah. Well, she's played by Gabrielle Binloss. I, mm-hmm. I hope I said your name right. Um, she was actually in an episode of Ozark. Was just very okay. cool. One of my good days. She was also an episode of Doom Patrol as Patty, um, and a few other things. And also, finally, we got to mention the Finding Zemo. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the MCU, anyway, he was basically responsible for all that strife that that led to the tensions that led up to the the happenings of the Civil War film. Yep, and also his the reason for going to see him is. Slightly nonsensical to me. Oh, explain say, that. Yeah, they say that he is one of the people who would know all of Hydra's secrets. But the only reason to know that Zemo knows all Hydra's secrets is because the Black Widow released all of these secrets onto the internet. Right. Where anyone <laughs> can research them. And it's been years yeah. that they've been out. It's on so Reddit. Idea, it's on Reddit. It's it's everywhere. It's been debated. It's been discussed a million different ways. Yeah. And this man is sitting in prison right now. Like, he ain't been doing no more research, yeah. right? So, you know, I get it. We got to have Zemo on the show. And I love that dude. And I can't wait to see him, especially because he's going to be rocking the purple mask. If he gets the fur collar, it's over. Like, y'all don't know about Zemo's fur collar from the comments and the cartoons. Look it up. My man got like a leopard print you know, a Dalmatian <laughs> fur collar. Yeah, his outfit on. is wild. Pure fire. Fuego. Zemo got one of the best outfits in all comic them. Oh, you should, you should. Maybe you should do that for uh, Halloween next year. You gonna do Zemo? I actually want to do the um Destro that's based on that Zemo. Okay. The Destro with the fur collar and the gold mask. Gotcha. Okay. That'd be yeah. cool. There we go. And finally, we are closing out our review rev- review and... and um. I forgot the other word I was trying to say, research, <laughs> yep. in terms of Easter eggs and inspirations. We've, we've mentioned lots of Easter eggs and inspirations as we've been talking, but mm-hmm. just specifically, 
the uh, I, that opening zipper shot was, and I asked yeah. I asked the question to Ben: Was this a recreation of another scene or something? What does this represent? Not that I know of. I've heard and seen people on YouTube uh, talking about that it's actually maybe an inspiration by like a body bag, you know, which is kind of oh. weird to me because it's like you know the the dead cap, you know the or the, the old cap is dead. Cap. Here's the, the new old cap. cap is dead. Here's the new cap. That's morbid. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's not like that Iron and Man in the first scene, in the first episode. Which I still think is dumb. Like, man, I, I really still think that that was a tribute to Iron Man. But yeah, um, the only other big Easter egg in this episode is that the cell on Zemo's screen. When we see Zemo sitting in the cell, there's some numbers down at the bottom. The numbers are two one eight seven, which are the same numbers from Princess Leia's cell in the oh. very first Star Wars. As well as why Finn from the new Star Wars has F- the call number FN two one eight seven because oh. it's a throwback to Princess Leia's cell. Right. And the MCU has always paid tribute to Star Wars. Kevin Feige is a huge Star Wars fan. He's actually producing a Star Wars movie, and one of the best ones to me is on all of Phase Two because it was supposed to be mirroring the Empire Strikes Back, being the second Star Wars film. Someone gets their hand chopped off in every single one of those films. Mm, okay. Yeah. Princess, Go check it out. Princess Zemo. Love it. Princess Zemo. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then in the credits, it's the same credits from before. I, I know it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that came to pass in this episode were based on the stuff that you caught in the end credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the power broker because it was mentioned at the mm-hmm. end credits at some point. Isaiah Bradley, obviously. Yeah. And maybe some more stuff going on. Yeah, Madripoor is still mentioned in the credits. We haven't seen that yet, but it has been seen in the trailers. Um, we actually, something else I picked up this week that I didn't see before is the One World, One People yeah. is in Polish in one of the in one of those end credit scenes. So Oh, it's there. It, okay. Yeah, that's all there. You know, it's a, there's a lot of little stuff, but it's mainly stuff that we're going to see. And like I said, that's one thing I really like about this show is while there are a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of callbacks to the comments and callbacks to old movies and stuff, it's not so much where it's like, oh, look at what we did, as more of it's just, you know, organically part of the story. Yeah. Like, I love those for WandaVision, but after a while, I felt like, you know, if you're going to have Easter eggs, you got to have a reason. You know, like when you have like the Grim Reaper's helmet in the very <laughs> first episode. And then he never shows up well, or what anything. If, well, what if they do it now? So then two, three years down the line, they would like, True. remember in WandaVision episode four you, or yeah. whatever you oh, saw God, this? Yeah. I mean, that works too. You know, like I said, it's it's just two different approaches. And I like both approaches. Yeah. Because I loved all the ridiculous amount of Easter eggs in WandaVision. I just wish it had a little bit more on the story end. And we'll see how this goes. You know, I don't know. This don't have all the story I need so far. You know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and yeah. WandaVision for not having what it did. Also did a lot of other just stupid, amazing things that I've never seen done in any TV before. So yeah, so I, I'm still fire. I'm still giving the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two a thumbs up, yes. and I enjoyed researching, reviewing this. So that leads us to say thank Ooh. you, thank you so much for joining us for this jam packed episode. I know someone on Twitter asked us, "Can y'all have a two hour long episode?" Well, it happened. We we weren't trying to; it just happened. They asked for that. They, they want asked more? for more. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, can y'all can y'all speak for five hours? <laughs> I'm not doing that, but we ended up doing two. Thank you for sticking around and for thinking with us, deliberating with us, discussing with us. Shout out to all of the fan fam across the globe who is listening and who is supporting us. Make sure you are subscribed to For All Nerds on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash For All Nerds. Shout out to the fan fam in the chat. 
Love you. Always have fun time with you every week, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you are in that chat because we have a blast. Also, if the chat gets super popping, it's super lit, you might get a free subscription, but you got to be in it to win it. So make sure you show up. Also, thank you to everyone who supports us financially, whether you're on our Patreon, patreon.com slash for all nerds. Everything you do helps to keep this show running. It helps to pay the bills, especially literally and figuratively, especially pay the bills when it comes to our team behind us. We have an incredible team from our sound editor, engineer, to uh, other writers and other editors that work with us. Shout out to Uncolored Page, who talks about all of our gaming. Shout out to Chica, who's our social media editor. Really incredible work that everyone puts in and everything you do for us helps them as well. Also, you can support us by visiting our Tee Public page. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds where you can get some incredible artwork put on your very special products. So whether it's t-shirts as I, or a uh, what's this, a sweatshirt that I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Sketch Sawyer exclusive design that you literally cannot get anywhere mm. else but on our T-Public page. This is the storm on a motorbike, uh, the Mohawks, Mohawked storm. Thank you so much to everyone who's already purchased some items. You can get, as I mentioned, clothing. You can put these designs on cups, on books, on pillows, on phone cases, anything you could think of. And thank you to all the fire artists who have helped us put out some incredible designs. And we're going to be coming up with some new designs. We actually have the design coming up for views from the 616. Really happy about that. Really excited about that. Can't wait to put that up for you all. Uh, what am I missing, Ben? I mean, anything else? Um, make sure you follow us both on Twitter, on Instagram, on all the social medias. I'm at DJ Ben. I mean, she is at Tatiana King. And like you said before, twitch.tv slash for all nerds every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern for the main show for all nerds views from the 616. This, I swear to God, will be the last two hour episode <laughs> we ever do. <laughs> Cosmic Cuba Jordan Jr. <laughs>